We back. <laughs> yeah, we back. Back-to-back years. Grifties right here, 2021. The often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest award show on earth, the Grifties. Did you miss us? <laughs> I, I, I love being back. I love being in this role. Ladies and gentlemen, Grifties is coming soon. Subscribe, like, share. We're coming at you soon. We back. <laughs> yeah, we back. Back-to-back years. Grifties right here, 2021. The often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest award show on earth, the Grifties. Did you miss us? <laughs> I, I, I love being back. I love being in this role. Ladies and gentlemen, Grifties is coming soon. Subscribe, like, share. We're coming at you soon. We back. <laughs> yeah, we back. Back-to-back years. Grifties right here, 2021. The often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest award show on earth, the Grifties. Did you miss us? <laughs> I, I, I love being back. I love being in this role. Ladies and gentlemen, Grifties is coming soon. Subscribe, like, share. We're coming at you soon. We back. <laughs> yeah, we back. Back-to-back years. Grifties right here, 2021. The often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest award show on earth, the Grifties. Did you miss us? <laughs> I, I, I love being back. I love being in this role. Ladies and gentlemen, Grifties is coming soon. Subscribe, like, share. We're coming at you soon. We back. <laughs> yeah, we back. Back-to-back years. Grifties right here, 2021. The often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest award show on earth, the Grifties. Did you miss us? <laughs> I, I, I love being back. I love being in this role. Ladies and gentlemen, Grifties is coming soon. Subscribe, like, share. We're coming at you soon. Oh, baby, we back. Hotel Jesus. Tori Nix is in the building. Hey! Yes, sir. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, sir. this is a very special soul that I get a chance to have a public conversation with. We've had many private conversations. Um, very interesting, though. Um, I mean, I'm always so busy. I'm sure she's always busy. But um, I think the last time we had a conversation, it was like three hours long. And we discussed everything under the sun, at least everything that was important. Um, but this individual right here, very accomplished individual, uh, very intelligent individual, very connected individual. We're going to get into some, some very interesting topics tonight. We're going to start with some earthly conversations, some physical conversations, and then we're going to get into some deeper stuff as we progress through these topics. But first and foremost, Tori has been at least a year or more since we've connected. Um, 
I think we've probably connected over Twitter spaces a couple of times. I hopped in your Twitter spaces. Um, but how have you been? What have you been up to since the last time we spoke? And are you okay? I'm okay. Okay. I'm good. Uh, my family's good. Okay. I did bug for a minute, but I bounced back. Okay. And um, since the last time we spoke and before then, just since the pandemic in general, I've been having a chance to be very present with my family, which I wasn't for a long time. I was in New York for like 10 years. And even when I was here, I was doing like so much where I wasn't really connecting. So for the first time in my life, I feel like I've really grounded myself and been completely present with my family. And I really appreciate it, honestly. Yeah. Especially yeah, older, you know, we take a lot of things for granted, younger. Um, but now I'm able to really appreciate and connect in ways that I just know that before I couldn't have, you know, so. Right. Throughout this pandemic has allowed me to slow down. And I, um, I took, I took that with, I took that, I took that to heart, you know, it wasn't anything that was like, I didn't see being home or slowing down as a bad thing. It was like, finally, mm. I, get, I get a chance just to do what it is I know I need to do, but everything got me so scattered and running everywhere. So I've been in peace. That's for sure. Uh, that's dope. Now I got ADD and right now behind you is, looks like constellations is, is what's going on behind you. What's that backdrop? You know what? This is a backdrop that um, I saw and I don't really, I haven't even researched it much, mm -hmm. but I just saw it and I felt really connected to it mm. just because it was something I wasn't familiar with, Okay. you know, and it was something that I felt I could, um, I could research, but someone on Twitter actually sent that to me because I made a wish list around my birthday last year. Okay. And, uh, this popped up in the mail and I actually just got a chance to put it up like a few months ago. So yeah. Super dope. When I was younger, um, probably grade school, I was all into that stuff, the constellations mm -hmm. and yeah. So super interesting how those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we into astrology, but astronomy is right there, you know, and uh -oh. hold on, hold on. <laughs> Chad Lemoyne says shout out to her majesty. Tori Hotep and Bill. What up, Chad? Um, so hold on now. You know, a lot of people, especially I would say a large portion of my audience, um, chat popping. What up, chat? Especially my audience, I would say mostly a white conservative, maybe even libertarian audience. You mentioned astrology and they go, Oh, that stuff is fake news and that's fake and you know you follow that stuff and mm -hmm. real quick, before we get your opinion on that, my thing is I understand why they think that way because there exists a lot of fraudulence in that lane, right? Right. A lot of people doing it wrong. When you hear people say things like that, how would you respond if you responded? How do you explain the phenomenon of astrology to people? And why is it important? I guess. Well, first and foremost, I want to say I'm not an expert. Okay. Um, but I have taken a liking to it since I was a kid, right? When my, I would be places with my mom and my grandma, and we would, 
you know, see the magazines with the horoscopes, right? That's like the lowest level, right? <laughs> and obviously with anything you have, you have tears. So especially in the Western um, world, we have taken a liking to what's called tropical astrology. And um, that's like mainstream media, mainstream music, right? Um, and that's just to peak people's interests, right? right? Like anything, it's up to you to dig deeper if you choose to. And if you don't, then that's on you. But if you don't choose to learn anymore, you can't criticize something that you're ignorant to. You have to accept that this is all you know, right? Right. So um, if we live in this world, if we believe that we're on a planet and we believe that there's other planets and we believe that nature you know, we're all connected to nature, right? I think the human body is what, um, 80% water or something like that, something right? Like that, yeah. So if we know for a fact, according to observation, that the moon influences water because we see the high tides and the low tides during the full moon and whatnot, it would be safe to suggest that the moon affects our being because we're also water. Mm. Right. Indeed. Indeed. And so if we just take those really basic levels of understanding, we can see how it makes sense in some contexts. Right. Mm. But then when you have people identifying with their signs in ways that is mainstream, like you get those stereotypes, like I'm a Leo, for example. Right. Mm. But I want to say first is in in the Western world, or I don't even know in the Western world, but in mainstream astrology, we mostly focus on the sun sign, right? Right. Um, and that's where the whole chart aspect comes in. It's the idea that when we were born, the sun was somewhere, Jupiter was somewhere, Saturn, Mars, all these places was in all these planets was in different places, and we know we have constellations, right? So um, then that's where you have to break down, like, for example, this is one thing that don't really make sense to me, um, how we identify with our moon signs, but the moon is not a planet, it's a satellite um, that oh. orbits the earth, you know? Right. But, but like I said earlier, we know the moon influences water, so the moon more so influences our emotions. Mm. And so you get into charts and things you'll say your sun sign is like your overall character right it's the overall aspect of you mm -hmm. but then that moon sign so i'm a leo right but then my moon is in virgo right mm -hmm. so if we understand the aspects of virgo in itself and then we understand what the moon does and it affects our emotions mm -hmm. then that speak to how I process my emotions. I process it more like a Virgo. Mm -hmm. And that also speaks to, you know, how I just approach more things. And then you have something called a rising sign. That's the big three you will hear people talk about. Mm -hmm. And my thing is Capricorn. And that would suggest I come off very um, serious in mm. my business. Whereas a Leo sun, with like maybe a Pisces moon, 
right? They, they, they'll process their emotions more in a watery, um, uh, I don't really want to start. Yeah. Like I don't really want to start getting into different things that, that, you know, the different signs, stereotypes, whatever, but they might also be like, a, um, a Leo rising, right? So they appear to other people more energetic and want to be seen and this and that. Whereas a Capricorn rising like myself, I just kind of like to sit back, uh, you know? Yeah. And so like, have a, so when I was born, Mars, the planet Mars was in the constellation of Taurus, right? And that's a bull, bull-minded. I can, I'll do the same thing every day for 10 years if I know I'm going to get the result I want, mm. right? Whereas someone who may be like um, a Gemini, right? They're more airy. They might need instant gratification. So they're just chasing the high wherever it comes, you know? Yeah. So I just think it, it depends on your level of understanding, right? Because not for nothing, you got the Eastern astrology. And I may not be, um, I may not be pronouncing this correctly, but it's side real. I've heard people say it differently. That's how it's spelled to me, right? Right. But that suggests that we're actually, um, tropical astrology is actually considered off by time, mm. right? So right now we're in Aquarius season as of yesterday, but according to side real astrology, we just enter Capricorn. Mm. Mm. So, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> you yeah. have to, you have to um, decide if it's something that you're interested in and actually have an understanding and just use it not to stereotype others, but to understand yourself, right? If you have two kids, one acts this way, one acts that way, if you understand their chart, you may start to learn how to even deal with them in different ways. Okay, this baby has a, has a, a more watery moon, so I have to be more sensitive, mm. whereas this baby has an Aries moon, so they could be a little more aggressive, you know what I mean? So. It's more so about understanding yourself and not projecting and using stereotypes to stereotype other people. Indeed. T said the stars called to us because that's who we came from. Uh-oh, I like that. Hey, I, like I that. believe that. All right, let's, let's come back down to earth real fast. Pa <laughs> pandemic has hit. That's been kind of wild. You you caught the bug? I did. What was that I experience caught like? I caught the bug in Los Angeles and at the end of June. Mm -hmm. And um, so personally, um, since I'm around my elders every day, I choose to wear a mask when I go out and do the things just for precaution, because I don't know what's going on. I have my assumptions and my opinions and my beliefs. But at the end of the day, I don't really know. Right. I believe that I can bounce back. But my elders, I don't want to even expose them. So I've been very careful and, um, I traveled a bit this year and honestly, it wasn't until they started lifting restrictions saying pe people ain't got to wear masks and this and that, where I caught the bug. I've been to LA three times before that oh. and I'm Gucci, right? Um, but I was in a bar <laughs> on my last night and I do feel like I caught it there just kind of being careless and, um, it was tough, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I, I was able to not be around my grandparents. Right. Cause I have my own space and I just kind of quarantined for three weeks, but, um, it was hard. 
and that's why I never um, reject the idea that the bug exists, right? Mm. Um, I do have my opinion on other things, but I feel with my knowledge and my community, I was able to do things that helped me nurse myself back to health properly. I was just like drinking licorice root and ginger like every day, like a gallon. Um, How long did you I have would, it for? I would say, okay, I was positive for probably about 10 days, right? Symptoms? But I was positive on paper. Okay. Right? What about the symptoms but, though? But the symptoms, I would say, uh, my first symptom was a headache. Okay. I had this headache and then I had like a scratchy throat. And um, that probably lasted for like, two days and then I started getting sore eyes and I lost my uh, sense of taste and smell. Mm. And, um, so like feeling sick and like having scratchy throat, headaches, sore eyes, that probably lasted for like a week, mm. but not being able to taste and smell probably lasted a little longer than that. Um, and even the process of it coming back was um, slow. Did you ever feel at any point you was gonna die? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> um, there, there, there was a, um, there was a night where I was just sweating and I was just feeling like I was going to die, but it was never a thought in my mind that, oh no, I could die. You know, I was like, damn, this is probably what death would feel like if I didn't wake up tomorrow, like, Ooh. <laughs> 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 oops, oops. <laughs> no, but at no point did I fear for my life really. You said you had opinions about some of the things that have been happening in the past couple of years. What are those opinions you referring to? Where can I start? And don't know, worry, this is a this is a safe space. You will not be canceled safe. here. <laughs> Thanks, right? Um and, and for the, the V word, we use the word vacation. Okay. Um for the actual bug itself, the different variants, we call it the ninja turtles. Right, right. Because it's mutating. Well, my first opinion is probably um, I really dismiss this level of fear that the media have been pushing because I understand what that could really do to your mental state. And if your mental is in a place of fear and you're fearing for your life and you're already not healthy, then that mentality you have could just make you um, even more physically sick. So, you know, I'm really against all the fear mongering from the media and each other. But I understand that people are only reflecting what they have gained through the media and they're just internalizing those emotions. And so they're projecting it on other people. But I don't really, um, I don't like projection. And I feel like a lot of people are projecting, right? If you're not wearing a mask, if you are wearing a mask, if you are on vacation or you're not on vacation, you know, it's like you guys, uh, you guys feel like you have the right to project your personal opinion on me mm. based off of the fear mongering going on in the media, right? I remember at one point, that certain things was supposed to be private mm, yes. you know, like like your um who you voted for president you know maybe your religion 
mm-hmm. and maybe your health. Like, you know, I don't have to tell you if I got a shot or not. Right. <laughs> That's not your business. So right? Did you get it? i'm nosy on this channel no i did not um i didn't but everyone around me did and i have not criticized anyone around me i don't make my mom or my grandma or my cousins or i don't make nobody feel bad for their decisions i just have the information when they start questioning their decision because they always start questioning even if they don't do anything about it you know they see things too they see things they don't understand and they just assume i know (laughs) (laughs) but no i i i i I, honestly i got a um flu shot what was that 2009 was like what bird flu or what was it um flu or bird flu or something like that yeah it was swine flu and I got a shot um, at my college. I felt terrible after. And, and I know they say that, you know, that's just everything working through your system and whatnot. But even as a young you, what, that was probably 18 and I finally can start thinking for myself because one thing about my grandma, she made sure I had all my doctor's appointments. You know, you can always count on that from a black woman, they'll take you to the doctor, right? Um, so when I'm 18 in college, I initially took it because it was going around my campus. I was an athlete and it was just what I was supposed to do, right? And as I'm sitting there with my uh, my fever and just this feeling rushing over me, I decided it wasn't right. Mm. And I started some research and i started realizing like they put they put the virus inside of the vaccine and give you a little bit so you can that don't make sense to me Uh you know and even if it makes sense to someone else i don't like it my spirit don't like it and that's all the um that's all the reasoning that i need for me to be okay with my decision Mm. no one has and, it, and I have to have a valid reason for making my decision. And I just, you know, I just take it from there. But I haven't got a shot since then, a vaccine or anything like that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tori Nix, is it pure blood? You, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all my pure bloods in the chat. Catch the cancer, turmeric, and black seed oil got me right in two days. There you go. Yeah, I saw something um, about, um, you know, you can't donate blood. Right now, if you're vaccinated, really, and I'm pretty sure they have their reasonings and they have their, you know, yeah. yeah, um, okay, that's very interesting. So, Tori's a pure blood. Now, you mentioned that your family, um, started to come around and started asking questions. What are some of the things that, um, I guess, sparked their curiosity? Like, why were they? wanting to come around and were they feeling a certain way? Did they see something on the news? Did they hear something? Did somebody pass out after they get it? Did somebody die? <laughs> no. Um, luckily, no one around me has died throughout this pandemic. Okay. Um, I'm dealing with some older people and I think, I think it really started when you got to get a second shot. 
Mm. They gotta get a well, I shouldn't say second shot. I I should say booster. Mm. Because you get one shot, you gotta get two shots, right? But then when they see the booster coming so soon, they're like hesitant, Mm. right? But they're still okay. Okay. They're still okay with it. Mm. And how I see it is we're still early in, even though we're going into the third year. We've only into the sec. We're only really into the first year of the um, vacation, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So after two years, how many shots will people need? Right. Right. And so while just the first booster is sparking certain thoughts in their mind, I'm okay with that because it's going to be another year before we know it, and they're going to have more questions because maybe they'll have more pushback, right? Yeah. I don't. I think. I think some people might start asking questions around the sixth, seventh booster, but I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that my family at least, um, at least just questioned the first one, even if they'll get the second. Right. You know, as someone who is connected, conscious, mm-hmm. uh, how does it make you feel when family, friends around you are hypnotized by the propaganda and you have, you're powerless basically, but you know that, for example, with the vacation, they're taking a chance and there's nothing you can say or do to change their mind about these things. The only thing you can do is just wait. How do you deal with that emotionally? Cause for me, it hurts. It hurts right. to see family members caping for Biden, <laughs> running around, talk about Trump, getting the vacation. It hurts me personally. And I'm like, I feel powerless. How do you deal with that emotionally? Cause I know you feel powerless. Um, I'll be honest. I actually do not feel powerless Okay. because I'm patient. Mm. Right. I believe that, um, I believe that we're still early on in this shift that we're experiencing and my presence just plays the part that my family needs. Um, because, um, it's, it's like, you know, you can't, you can only ignore the truth for so long, Mm. right? You know, I have 70-year-olds and 90-year-olds and 50-year-olds and 40-year-olds around me. So they've been hypnotized for a long time. Right? Also true. So I can't expect them to just snap out of it one year, two years that I've been here. Mm. Right? But the fact that, you know, I came from a point where my grandmother was against marijuana to her um, experimenting with CBD for her pain. Okay. And it working. And now she's a believer and she's learning more and she's understanding, right? That alone shows me that there's progress because the progress may not look how we want it to look, right? We know the road of consciousness starts at point A, right? You might start, you might start eating better, or you might start not believing in the president, or you might, wherever you start, 
right? It's just one thing that opens you up to more, right? Right. So, you know, I feel I can see the small changes in my family in the places that really matter, mm. um, just with like their decisions on dieting and their understanding of dieting, right? Mm. Getting some products out the house, not using more natural things. Like if they can start there, then I, I really believe in five years from now, they'll be in a whole nother level if they just keep it going, you know? Mm. So I, I, I just keep like playing my part without being too annoying. What does that mean, playing your part? Right, like my goal is not to ruin Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> I don't want to be the person that ruins it because I know it's going to Thanksgiving is going to happen regardless. Yeah, right. When before I moved here, I visit and um, I helped prepare, right? But then when I moved here, I had to set boundaries and say I'm not helping, and I'm actually not eating, but I'll still be here. Right. And they're like, what the heck? This is crazy. Yeah. Right. Second year, same thing. Right. And then I see the third year, there's less, there's just less um, festivities. Like, yeah, they cook the meal, but they're not putting the plates out and doing this and the family's not coming over and we're not look, looking at Thanksgiving. We're, People just going to eat and just do their thing because they're still under the spell, but at least the spirit of Thanksgiving is dying. Oh. Just like the spirit of Christmas is dying. Right. Right. You go around, I don't know where y'all at, but in, in my neighborhood, I ain't see the city putting Christmas lights up and I ain't see fake snow and all this that I'm used to. Yeah. Although people still spending money and this and that. So in five years, the spirit will just keep dying. Oh. Right? Mm. It's okay, because now, this year for Thanksgiving, guess what? I had a plate. <laughs> Why? Why'd you eat this year? Because I'm so disconnected, and I've made my point that I can enjoy a plate of food. Because at the end of the day, I'm not actually participating in the ritual by just simply eating. The ritual is in your thoughts as well. Mm. If you care about this holiday, if you care about this, oh, we got to have this, and then, then, you know, you're participating. But I know that eating is not fucking against the law on that day. Mm. Mm. And so because I don't want to ruin Thanksgiving, and because I just want my um, grandparents to be happy and my family to be happy, mm. I just show and be present and talk about anything other than Thanksgiving. And if we are talking about Thanksgiving, I might just, you know, throw in some facts about this and that, Christopher Columbus, you know, yeah. but in a way that is not going to start an argument because there's no point. And it's, uh, and it's also more receptive that way, you know? Why you say there's no point? Well, if you, if you approach these conversations in a way that starts an argument, yeah. Then everyone's going to be arguing their point and they're not going to be retaining any mm. information, right? But if you can casually have conversation in good spirit, they'll start asking more questions. Mm. Because it's interesting. 
Like, damn, especially now that they're seeing a whole bunch of shit, right? Because not for nothing, I ain't got to tell my my mom and my grandmom about Biden. They seeing it themselves. Mm. Really, yeah, my grandma, she voted for Biden, right? But she was really offended when he said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, or whatever the fuck he said. Yeah. I ain't have to show her that clip, mm. right? Okay. I have to tell her what to think or this or that. She heard it and she was offended on her own. And I was there to build on that. Mm. Tell her, you see, <laughs> you see how they treat y'all. <laughs> yeah. You see what they think they can get away with saying to you. Mm. Yeah. She don't like that. Mm. So now she's paying more attention to the things that he's doing and saying. Mm. Now she mad about the whole six hundred dollar thing. I ain't have to tell her to be mad at that. <laughs> I just had to present the facts, right? You know, and so that's what I, and that's what I mean. If I wasn't there to present the facts, it would just be going past her. Mm. But just by me being here and being present and being in a space where I can offer what I do have to offer then we're going to build regardless because we're in a conscious shift on every level, whether you get to the top or you just get to the second level, the whole planet is in a conscious shift. You feel me? So. And ladies and gentlemen, y'all starting to see, and we just scratching the surface right now, but this person right here is obviously a reincarnated descended master. Uh, <laughs> Lauren Elise said, my whole family is down with the jab. I used to think of them as rational beings, but I look at them differently now. I'm not sure how to even converse with them anymore. What, do you, what advice do you have to her based upon those comments? When she says, I used to think of them as rational beings, but I look at them differently now. I'm not sure how to even converse with them anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fear right? Mm -hmm. Fear is a real driving force. And a lot of people fear death. Mm. Right. And so when you have an establishment, I'm just going to assume that most of the masses, because I do know there's conscious elders, but I'm just going to assume that most of the masses was hypnotized in a way that we wasn't. Right. So they have understandings and ideas that um, is so ingrained in them that the information that we're really just discovering in the last decade or so is shocking to them. Mm -hmm. um, we are in a digital age that our parents was not in. I don't know how old your parents are. You know, my mom is 60 something. When she was growing up in things, and even, and even my grandparents, they had the radio, the TV came, and billboards. Right. <laughs> right. And that was the extent of their, um, of their political and like, like um, the, the information about the world. We can read books and this and that, but like when it comes to news and media, right? Right. So they have been hypnotized and brainwashed in this system for so long that 
it shows up in different ways. Like even just believing that we vote for the president. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Even believing that the president has as much power as he does, right? So now that we're in an era where we have access to so much information and we're rejecting so much, it can be very shocking for people who otherwise never thought about that because they just went to school, have basic understanding of everything, mm. basic understanding of everything, mm-hmm. right? It can, it can be really challenging to snap people out who's just not naturally um, on, in alignment with that type of spirit, right? right. If you've been indoctrinated, then you're going to believe the numbers that you see that's being presented, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you are trusting what you've been taught to trust. Those sources. Yeah. Even like this, like, oh man, I can't remember all the details to this interaction. So I'm not going to like, you know, say whatever, but I remember one time someone brought up, guideline or like something that the CDC had on their actual website. Right. Mm -hmm. But since then have been debunked, but Mm -hmm. they didn't know it was debunked. Right. And so I'm like, you sitting here telling me this is fact when I know it's not fact based off the CDC's guidelines, not knowing that even the CDC has had to retract that. So where are you getting your facts? Mm. Right? If people are just if people are just uh, if they're just sticking to fake facts, then you know, they you know, they maybe they are rational because logic in general logic has a lot of rules in how to think and how to draw conclusions, right? There's a lot of logical people, right? Um, and that could be very restricting to how they get to their answers, right? Mm. So they can still be intelligent in this and that, but whenever you're talking to people like this, you have to have actual real up-to-date facts, know what you're talking about. Don't get emotional, stay calm, and just keep it lighthearted. Ask them questions that they have to answer so they can hear themselves say the stupid shit out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when they have their answers, just ask more questions. So what do you think about this? Well, I heard this. What do you think about that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hold on. I got to bring my, um, I usually play Mozart during my what's name. And I I need, I need that. I need that background yeah. noise from from myself. Where I like that. I was watching some of your interviews. I heard that. All right, here we go. All right, <sighs> much better. Um, Super Chat. Uh, the Brooklyn Way said props to this bridge builder. I feel a rising from within. Appreciate you, man. Uh, right. What did I say? Hego, Hego, Hego's way. Uh, shout out to the brother. Uh, good luck for the smoke on New Year's, my guy. Oh, what up, bro? Yo, hell yeah. Yeah, we burnt it down on New Year's. Um, hey. I was just saying, like, I kind of chilled off of the marijuana. I'm more like a quarterly smoker, but it was New Year's. And I'm like, 
I, I don't party. I don't go out. But I'm getting right. high tonight. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I got uh, I got me a little little afy, and then me and my man's right here. Put it up nice. in the air. Hell yeah. Right um, on. All right, let's continue this conversation. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else I'm missing? Um, I don't think I'm missing anything else from the pandemic. Let's move into. Let's move into some 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 earthly political issues. Um, let's start with what I believe was the genesis of uh, this political shift in our country, right? The turning point. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I know you will. I feel like Black Lives Matter was the beginning of a shift came like right towards the end of Obama's um, um, presidency. Presidency, thank you. Um, and in the beginning, I was all for it. I said, yeah, hey, you know, Black Lives Matter. And then slowly but surely, I was like, wait, something fishy going on here. Right. Um, when you think about Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. what what do you make of it? You know, if an alien came from out of space and said, I keep seeing this Black Lives Matter thing, what does this mean? <laughs> and excuse me, I like to think about my answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to the chat. Um, who's in here? Shout out to Lauren Elise. Brooklyn Way, what up, bro? I see you. Um... If I had to um, explain Black Lives Matter to an alien. Or even a white person, right? <laughs> especially especially like a white conservative, you know, who goes, okay. oh, Black Lives Matter, I can't stand those people. And, you know, that situation. Right. I think there's levels to Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this is a two-part answer. Okay. okay? I want to take it back first to you saying the political shift. Okay. Right. I think the real political shift started during Bush second term. Okay. Right. Um, Black people in America started getting more aggressive with their um, their need for representation in, in in politics. Right. Okay. If, if you remember, um, Diddy had that vote or die campaign going on when Bush won the second term because everybody feel like he cheated in this and that. And people were upset. People were pissed, right? Black people in particular. And then we got Obama and that calmed people down. Mm. Mm. All that energy that I saw building and brewing, it just got calmed Mm. a little bit, right? And it allowed people to be under an illusion of freedom, Mm. right? But those illusions kept getting shattered by all the things that was going on in the street um, concerning black people and police. Right. And when it comes to Black Lives Matter, um, that was an organic uprising in the beginning 
that like more like like most things got hijacked to and, and built into a corporate entity right mm. or i don't know whatever mm-hmm. right black lives matter is like see white people think that we're saying only black lives matter right but it's more so in context of reminding people who don't seem to realize that black lives matter uh-huh right mm-hmm. it's like you never have to think about black people you live in a place there's no black people you watch things that have no black people and all you have is stereotypes that you've been taught to help the system right <laughs> because i had to realize one day when i was young that like white people on a on the lowest level are pawns as well yes right you have to be taught that you're superior so that you carry out the mission in a day-to-day way mm. right because yeah you're poor yeah your schools don't get no funding you can't get help from the government they shitting on you too mm. yet you've been giving the mental tools to suppress or or to oppress another group based off of fake facts mm. Mm. <laughs> right mm. so when it comes to systemic racism meaning the systems that are in place to continue these things right is it's a reminder for white people to care about black people black lives matter is a reminder for white people to care about black people mm. because you don't have to think about them ever mm-hmm. so instead of jumping to your stereotypes and just assuming that mike brown was up to no good mm. and even if he did do something If your first thought is to just say that or just to feel like this human deserved to die at the hands of <laughs> police who's supposed to be protecting and serving, right? Mhm. Then you are a victim of fake facts and like the the white supremacy that we talk about. Like you are a victim of this mentality that's been given to you because your thoughts a lot of people thoughts are not their own thoughts right right we see it every day on social media mm-hmm. <laughs> people just say things verbatim or they have their terms and their slogans and this and that their responses to things automatic responses mm-hmm. y'all your thoughts yeah right your 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 uh your line of thinking right is just set to automatically dehumanize a black person if you feel that the police did their job. Right. So at some point I would just say black lives matter is just um a way to get people white people particularly <laughs> to remember the humanity of black lives. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not to say that 
we already know white lives matter we already know that yeah yeah <laughs> we see it today right right so, when, when my final thought would be when asians felt like they were being discriminated against we saw the action that was taking place very swiftly because we know that asian lives matter mm. yeah you're talking about that yeah. recent situation with the asian lives matter thing popped up yeah 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 um on the Mike Brown situation, mm-hmm. uh, so what they'll say is, but there's video footage right before the murder where he was robbing a store. Mm-hmm. So he was definitely a criminal. How do you respond to that? <sighs> I think it's levels to everything. What I saw was a young boy making a stupid decision Actually, I can't really remember the details of that video. I feel like he like grabbed the thing off of the counter, like the backwoods or something like that. Mm -hmm. No one got hurt. It wasn't very aggressive. It was just a young guy who made a stupid um, choice in that moment to steal something. Mm. His life was not worth a back of backwoods. And I don't even know if it was backwoods at this point. Mm. Yeah, so long ago, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying that anyone else deserves whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like you're choosing again to dehumanize someone because they took a box of something from a store. Mm. So that makes me wonder what type of human are you? Mm. What person are you? Mm. You Indeed. know, you gotta choose. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so more recently, George Floyd. Mm-hmm. George Floyd came around, right? And mm-hmm. um, conservative, I would say, let's just say conservative Inc. and the grifters are pretty much um, on the other side of the conversation. Let's just say that. How did right. you view the George Floyd incident? And, and, and what what level of credence did you give give it to the grand scheme of things as, for black people or America as a whole? <sighs> that was, <laughs> you said what? That was really something. Okay. You know, on a <laughs> America and black people in America, we always on center stage. Mm. Right. I don't know. I don't know who is who on a political level in other countries, unless they beefing with America, <laughs> right? Um, unless you know, I dive into like a very small um, um, community on social media and the internet, then I will find you know, day-to-day things happening in other countries. But it seems like there's just so much attention on Black, on America, but Black America in particular. And I'm gonna just be honest, like, I viewed that as some type of ritual. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm bad with, like, remembering 
like small detail, like how long his knee was on thing, whatever. Because I'm not watching that shit. Okay. I saw it, but I never watched it. Hmm. Right. Because I'm not downloading that imagery or that synergy into my mental space. Mm. Right. I'm already feeling it in my body because the energy is out there and I have to hear about it just in passing. I walk in the room, I hear it, whatever, whatever, right? But the fact that they ran that clip so many times on CNN and everywhere, on national television, I can understand speaking about it but actually having that clip up there for so long, right? That lets me know that y'all are intentionally putting this in people's mental space to cause a reaction. Okay. Mm. And the basis of a ritual is to do something to get a reaction. Right. Right. Absolutely. And the thing about it is like, okay, it's like, we like to give um, these higher ups so much credit. Um, but the thing about it is like, the people on the lowest level are gonna function the way they have to, the way that they're gonna function naturally. Right. Right. So nobody has to tell this person to do this. That happened for whatever reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do know, I do have conspiracies, right? Okay. We want to dive into those too, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I might bring my phone out because I like to have the facts, right? Like, okay. I need no let's, but, let's get into it. Right. But on one level, these higher ups are always looking for an opportunity to capitalize on the chaos. Mm, yes. Right. Right. So we know that the news sources are going to run the, the story. Now it's on social media, but now it's in the streets. Right. And black rage is so profitable. Right. We know that, you know, I don't know if, I'm going to say GS, right? We know GS is investing into Black Lives Matter. Okay. In a, lot of, in a lot of people, right? And the fact that, you know, um, we got, they, they, they got a Black Lives Matter um, street in Washington, right? Yeah, yeah. During, during that same time, right? Right. We're seeing it in the street, right? We're seeing all this stuff, but we're not seeing it on the highest level of change, right? They say we gotta be patient with that. We gotta have the bills and we have to do this and do that, right? I'm gonna just backtrack a little bit. And I'm gonna just say that Black Lives Matter is more of an awakening for white people than black people. Because as you see, we have gained, we as in black people have gained so many more allies during this time. Whether it's conservative allies, whether it's whatever, 
right? We've seen all those white people in the street. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't really know a lot of white history, <laughs> right? But I can't really remember a time where white people was really protesting like this, right? The hippies had their little movements, right? But they, they'll just post up in a park. That sounds accurate. Right? I feel like, um, and I'll get back to the, the George Floyd Black Lives Matter, but I feel like even with white people um, protesting the mandates around the world, Italy, France, everywhere, right? What was another time in recent history that white people was really protesting like this for anything? I don't care why they protesting. I just want them to be pissed off enough to do something, right? To get out there. Okay. Right? Because until white people start... You see, the thing about white people is when they want to make a change for black people, they want to come in our space and have a voice, but you don't need a voice in our space. You need an ear. Mm. And you need to take it back to Thanksgiving and you need to tell your family about it. Right? Go yeah. ruin Thanksgiving for y'all. I'm done ruining Thanksgiving for my people. We struggling enough. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Y'all go and take the information that you've learned what we need, the things that you learn being a Black Lives Matter advocate and this and that. And when you hear your grandfather talking that shit, you educate them. Right? Okay. You take the resources, the grants, and the money that you know is being passed around in your community, and you get it in our community. That's a real ally. Coming to the protests and screaming and shouting and being hit by the police because you're on the front line trying to protect black people behind you is nice, but that's the lowest level. I keep talking about these levels, right? It's like dimensions, yeah. Yeah. right? We need all of it. We can't just have all the white people crowding at the bottom, right? We need, um, we need people who, see, the thing about it is like, Back in like the like the rail um, underground railroad and shit, right? You have white people who will literally build houses and have little spaces where they can hide people, hide slaves that's trying to get to where they're going, right? That's the ally, right? See, people just want to show up to the to the community center at downtown and yell and scream. But y'all got the money to build the houses. <laughs> y'all got the money to build the carriages and do all that. So we need to start, you know, waking up. So I, I would say George Floyd, if anything, it was just n another conscious shift that really got people mad and thinking, right? We have to remember that even though the government is going to capitalize off things, we have to capitalize too. Even if that just means community building, right? Absolutely. All right. If uh, if um if five thousand white people showed up to the thing, what what they won't? Make sure y'all get them contacts so we can follow up. 
You know what I mean? Like if they're getting twenty, if they're getting ten thousand people in one area, y'all just can't be mad the whole time. Y'all need to be actually building, planning, strategizing. Right, but unfortunately, I feel that we're um, it's still new, right? This this shift that's happening is still very early, so people are still very emotionally charged. So we gotta shift. Um, we gotta shift people's mentality and get them out of viewing this as like a tragedy and just view it as a ritualistic moment that's taking us to the next step. I love that. I love that. Now you mentioned white people getting upset and wanting to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a bunch of white people that got upset and gathered at the United States Capitol on January 6th. Mm-hmm. How did you view that event? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Shout out to Lauren Elise. She said classical music is brilliant. It calms the brain and allows the intake of information. HJ always on top of his game. Yeah, I just need that. I need that. It plays so often that when it's not there, I just I freak out a little bit. What you drinking? Ginger water. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> January 6th was amazing. Mm. <sighs> I love to see the chaos. I love to see the chaos, right? A lot of times we hear about it, we see it being typed online, we see people, we hear people's opinions, we hear this and that, we hear about history, we hear, but no. This is their animalistic nature on full display. People can see it, right? Because I'm pretty sure there was a bunch of white people who in a thousand years would not have thought that would have happened because that's not their frequency. Mm. They hear about racist things happening, but they can't imagine it because they never see it. Right. Right. And they barely think about it. So this was um, <laughs> this was the chance for the world to actually witness the behavior of um, these people, right? Now you know they're passionate and they do, and like I may not agree with uh, with their reasoning and what they're standing and why they're doing it, but. <sighs> It also goes to show you how, like, <laughs> I know I know you have a lot of white viewers, so, you know, y'all going to have to just, them. y'all going to have to just take this, you gotta, right? You got to say what you got to say. If, if black people were as, um, as violent as, you know, the stereotypes portray us to be, white people would be off this planet. Ooh. Ooh. That's not our nature. Uh. Our nature is more so along the lines of minding our business, tending to our tribe, and building amongst ourselves, right? Not conquering other people. Not stealing from others and applying it to our own wealth, right? 
And even with slavery and all of this, what, what we want to do, we just want to go off and live our life. Mm -hmm. Right. So you even see that with these protests, right? We take up space to remind people that we're here. We take up space because it's our our right as the law. I mean, even mm -hmm. having laws is crazy to me, right? Um, but the moment we burn down one gas station, oh, we just get, oh, just look at these fucking animals. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. When we could do way more damage, and we also know that that's not even us. Because now, finally, we have proof to show you that it's white people, mostly Antifa and these things, popping up to these gatherings and doing these things. Yes. Right? So, January 6th was just an example of what we already know about these people. Mm. That they can't even gather peacefully. Mm to send a message because it's just in their nature to cause that much dis destruction mm. live television. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> the entitlement to think that you can bust into that place and not get shot. Mm. The lady who was trying to get through the window or whatever. Yeah. Obviously you got other people walking around whatever, whatever, cause we already know you know, privilege and, you know, inside this and that. We have a lot of theories and I can't, I can't get into everything, right? right? But the baseline is they have the audacity to do that because they've been given the freedom to act this way mm. without consequence, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not realizing that they're also at the bottom, mm. right? And now you might have you like like now they are like the up like the polit the politics and whatever they're like oh we have to consider you know showing these people that they can't just be doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know it's in their nature to do that, so they got to make an example out of some people. Mm. But for the most part, that takes a lot of audacity to think that you can climb up the walls and not get shot. Mm. And they did. Mm. Right? Do you think it would be different if it was black people? Oh, absolutely. Mm. We see it. We see it. We see the tear gas. Mm. <laughs> this with Black Lives Matter, when they just hanging around for too long after being told to disperse, mm -hmm. they're instantly getting rubber bullets and tear gas. Mm. So these people can literally climb up the side of the cop. Come on now. Mm. The fact that they didn't even feel threat. Listen, they was planning this. Mm -hmm. I already knew it was going to, I knew that gathering was happening days prior because they planned it. Right. So y'all telling me that y'all didn't know, but I knew. And even though y'all did know, y'all didn't hire the proper security to take care of this mob. Mm. Mm. Y'all not threatened by this mob mm -hmm. because in your mentality, you're not threatened by white people. Mm. Even though you know 
their nature. But the but the moment you hear about a Black Lives Matter, this if if Black people was planning to march up there, they would have had the niggas lined up with they things, and they're gonna be sitting there waiting for them. They That's wouldn't even be that close. Mm. Oh yeah, mm. wouldn't even be that close. More or less, push their way in and do all. Oh no, come on now. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So a couple of things I disagree on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's have this conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, the breaking in. Uh-huh. <laughs> the breaking in, I would not attribute to the people gathering. Right. You're I would right. attribute that to Antifa. Okay. Now, you're right where you're talking about, hey, this is in their nature and Antifa. And we have documentation, uh, I think his name is John Earl Sullivan. And, mm-hmm. and this guy was an Antifa Black Lives Matter operative who showed up on the sixth and was encouraging. He was on the front lines right there when they broke in. Okay. Yeah, so, um, for sure. Was, there was a whole special on him and everything. Um, so I don't think the people gathering are the same people. I do believe they walked in the building, but the people that actually were destructive, I believe were operatives. Um, also. And- the proud boys leader mm-hmm. was extracted the day before january 6th and was a fbi informant <laughs> right <laughs> I, that. i'm just gonna give you the facts right because <laughs> y- y'all see one thing but i'm all in white conservative twitter so i see a oh, whole nother sure. thing yeah give us the facts so you got james earl sullivan and then i forget the Hispanic white cat, but he was a, uh, FBI for me. <laughs> so when I look at this incident, I see a bunch of people that gathered and got blamed for something that the same black lives matter, anti, but destructive people did use this as usurp and make these people look bad. That's what okay. I okay. Yeah. Um, the issue about the security outside. Mm-hmm. Trump did request for National Guard to show up, but the powers that be said, nah, 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 because I, like you said, I think they wanted to this to happen. Okay. Right? To vilify mm-hmm. this crowd. Now, the only other thing I disagree with is if black people were there, it'd be different. Okay. I think if black people was there, they would have opened the doors and let us in. They would have <laughs> had a conversation they would have used the opportunity to play political game. Okay. AOC would have came outside. She would have grabbed the microphone and they would have uh, co-opted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's easy to. Because it's easy to, right. With, with black people. Right. Right. What I will say is that I agree that there's always extremists because I don't I don't think that everyone there gathering had that intention. Right. Like I have to be very careful with my words and saying white people and this and that. Like, you know, no, I do know that that Trump spoke that day. People came to hear him speak. And then there was a, another group of people. And whether it's Antifa or whoever, um, there's always extremists. Right. Okay? So. Um, whether the Democrats will like, cause like you said, 
Trump call for National Guard. They hate this man so much. They won't even do the right thing. Right. Because they want to, they want their ritual to be carried out. Right. right. And I still stand on that this is the first time that people actually saw white people acting like that. Yeah. Right? Because throughout the last decade with Black Lives Matter being so popular, this narrative had been painted about black people who's attending Black Lives Matter people. Right. I mean, protests, right? right? And, And we hear about the Proud Boys and we hear about this and that. And like we see in recent years, a few more protests and them gathering and this and that. But like, when it comes to them vilifying Trump's um, people, they did a great job showing the world, because the world was watching, right. what this subgroup of white people <laughs> would actually do. Right. Because, and this is generally, you know, obviously I can't speak for everybody, mm-hmm. and there was probably some black people up in there too. Mm-hmm. But in my experience at protests, when shit gets too reckless, there's always those black people that's like, yo, y'all calm down. Like, we're not doing this. Yeah, yeah. And even if somebody did break in there, it wasn't going to be a whole bunch of people following and climbing the walls and banging down the shit. Yeah. No, I don't see that happening. Right, right. Because also we're programmed to feel like we're not safe to do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, tell me how you feel about my thoughts, right? So there's a lot of white folks when they see black folks, like let's say George Floyd incident happens and you know, that night there's looting, right? So I think the how it usually goes is, is looting and that's definitely black folks. We gonna get Gucci, we gonna get Louis V, we gonna get them, right? Right. Apple store. Then the next night is is Antifa, and that's when the fires start, right? Right. So, you know, what I try to tell white conservatives is that's not Black Lives Matter. The fires are not Black Lives Matter. That's Antifa and whatever a- agencies are involved, right? Now, night one is the looting. And I get a lot of slack for this, but I'm like, I'm all for the looting. Okay? And it's funny that the white conservatives be like, oh, look at these people looting. And I'm like, Y'all stupid. Y'all really stupid for vilifying these people because, for example, when they looted Target, well, Target was the same corporation that was supporting Black Lives Matter, and y'all said y'all hate Black Lives Matter. So whose side are you really on? Or do you just really hate black people? Because you're not keeping it, you're not keeping it a buck all the way through, right? Right. So that's why I keep it a buck all the way through. I don't like Black Lives Matter. If they want to rob Target, Apple got slaves in Africa sweatshops with nike you know Mm -hmm. and they complain about all these corporations but when black people rob them they like oh look at these you know angry and and destructive people so i tell them no chill that's not y'all not calling it straight now when i saw january 6th i was Mm -hmm. proud Mm -hmm. i loved it i've waited uh years for that right i've been saying the only person that can save America is that angry white man, that angry white conservative who got his rifle. Is the only one who can save America. Mm-hmm. So when I saw him get up there, I was proud and I was happy. And I said, white man, you go get yours. 
because I can't do it. To your point, <laughs> we can't do that. Right. <laughs> and if we do do it, they're just going to co-opt our shit and send us home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But that's how I felt about it. Do you, do you I, I, how would you respond to that? Knowing that I love to see white people gathering at the six at the Capitol. You know, it, here's my thing of why I felt black people should have supported them. There's two options I said made sense for the black community. One, support the white people that gathered on the six or mind your own business and feel agnostic about it. And here's why we complained about white supremacy and racism, but the only powers, only people that have power to implement white supremacy is the people that was inside that building. Right? So if some other group of white people was going to attack them, they was handling your dirty work. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's how I looked at the situation. Although I'm the, I was entertained because I wasn't mad. Right. Right. I, I, I actually agree with you. Right. Like these people are finally pissed off enough to turn the fuck up. Yeah. Right. And that's what needs to happen. Why? Because we have a common enemy. Right. These people are ignorant on race and things. Yes, that's true. But most of them are not just flat out, I hate black people, I hate this. A lot, a lot of conservative ideas are just ideologies that deal with economics and this and that. Like, if you can just take it back to a human level, bring it back to humanity, right? and understand that these people are pissed off about being oppressed by your oppressor, mm. then we onto something. Right. Right? Yeah. And I can laugh and I can say, look at these crazy ass white people, right? Yeah. But at no point was I like, yo, they should have did that. Duh-duh-duh. Okay. I was happy that the world finally got to see this madness, mm. right? A visual of the chaos that we're living in in America, mm. right? Like I said, we experience them on such micro levels every day, mm. right? And y'all see us in the street, but down the street, mm. right? <laughs> with, with Black Lives Matter on front page news, that shit is also entertainment to me at this point, right? right? But now you guys see the anger from another group that y'all think is the most privileged and happy. Mm. They're pissed off too. And this is how they, and this is how they do it. And this is how they would do it. Right. You know, so listen, as long as um, people are um, willing to educate themselves enough to um, love humanity, meaning we can get along on a basic level. Yeah. Like once you start, um, once you start act, acting like my my being is a problem, just being black or being a woman or being gay or whatever these things is that have nothing to do with you, yeah, then you really lost in the sauce, right? And right. I might have to whatever, whatever. But for the most part, I I meet people who really don't care about none of that, and they're just focused on the oppressor, right? Because if you really listen to Trump's people, like they are upset about valid things when it comes to the government. Mm. We're not talking about we're not talking about low intelligent banter and ignorant shit. 
If y'all really pay attention to why they're mad about the government, you'll see you have more in common than not. Mm. Mm. Indeed. But they can't break through that because, like I said earlier, they've been conditioned and doctrined to focus on the news and these outlets that are feeding them narratives mm. that they latch on to and they don't do no further research based off of ignorance and fear. I find white conservatives to be some of the most manipulated people in America. Mm. Some of the most brainwashed and conditioned people in America. Not as mm -hmm. much as I would say the left so much. Just I, I guess it's just different, right? For example, we lost about maybe 30 to 40 viewers, right? When you started talking. Okay. And it's because they hate hearing a black perspective. They hate, like for me, for example, right? When I heard about these white nationalists a few years back, I was like, ah, I want to talk to them. I want to meet them. I want to hear their, their, what is your problem? You know what I mean? Right. Right. I was interested. I cared. Right? White conservatives don't care about black people. Exactly. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say that. They only care about black people when they can use them, just like the white liberal. It, it comes down to individualism. It comes down to opportunism. If this person doesn't help me, then fuck them, right? Now, am I mad that they think like that? No, I expect people caught in their ego to think like that, right? Mm -hmm. And is it just a white people thing? Of course not. It's definitely an ego thing. Right. But I find it very interesting that they don't want to hear about our struggle. For example, I was in an interview once and um, I mentioned I dealt with racism in the workplace. And the dude goes, oh, there's no way you dealt with racism in a workplace. And then I said, knowing I was going to catch him, I said, they were white liberals. And then he goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you see, they just don't want to be blamed for racism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's their main thing. Right. And they feel like when you say racism... Like they're guilty. Well, right. if you feel guilty, you are guilty. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's things that exist that ain't got nothing to do with me, but I can acknowledge exists. Yeah. Like, why is that so hard? Right. <laughs> um. God white conservatives don't want us to be black they want us to be american but when we lay dead in the street there's no compassion right there's no gift and i you know it's funny to me i said white conservatives i mean y'all could totally take over this country politically if you showed compassion the media wouldn't be able to paint you as something other than what you are but the media is calling they're just using your poor reactions against you right yeah. When Mike Brown died, you could have had compassion. When Trayvon Martin was murdered by George Zimmerman, you could have had compassion. When George Floyd was murdered, you could have had compassion. When Amar Arbery was hunted down and murdered, they could have had compassion. Even Trump had compassion for Amar Arber Arbery. Mm-hmm. What do you think um, is the root of the lack of compassion? But is it just, yeah, what is your thoughts? 
the root of the lack of compassion from white conservatives is the fact that they're selfish comes back to the ego individualism and thinking about me 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 and anytime you think about me 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 you'll always lose you will always lose if you ever want to win in this world you have to think about the other party's interests right so for example i got white conservatives to support reparations when nobody over there wanted to support reparations i was in the debate and um i simply said dems must pay if the Y'all made the argument, it's like they literally lay out the argument and say, Democrats, why are you blaming us? Democrats ruined the black community. So are you not laying the case out for reparations? So, so knowing about self-interest, I said, Dems must pay. Democrats must pay. All of a sudden they go, yeah, I'm for reparation. You see that? Yep. <laughs> they don't care about nobody but themselves. Hmm. If you took the second to care about somebody other than yourself and see what their interests were, but anyway, um, Trump, <laughs> how did you view Trump and his presidency? Um, were you, a? uh, I know you didn't have on a MAGA hat. Um, you seen Kanye out there with the MAGA hat. How did you view Trump? How did you view Kanye support of Trump and overall's presidency? And people's reaction to it. Well, first of all, I knew Trump was going to win. Okay. Okay. There was no way they was going to let a woman become the president mm. right after a black man. That's <laughs> too progressive. That's too progressive. Okay. okay? I have one or the other, right? And Trump was just another symbol of the shift for me. Because what a lot of people came to understand and maybe still don't understand is that Trump is like an independent Republican, right? Mm. He's like one of those people that's just Republican or conservative because that's the title that he has to run under, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Trump comes from a different lineage of white American, uh -huh. right? His, his family was immigrants in a different way than some of these other presidents that we've had. Uh -huh. So Trump, people forget that um, there's a lot of uh, beef within white cultures. There's different type of white. You know, in America, we just view it all as white or black or this or that because we deal with race. When it comes to nationality and ethnicity, they don't like each other. <laughs> yeah. And so I saw Trump as an outsider, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't have this long line of political, you know, history within his family and in his land, da, da, da. Um, And that was threatening to the Dems in a way that they had never been threatened before. Because even like Obama and Bush are friends, you know, yeah. Bush and oh, cousins, cousins too. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
Trump was something else that they couldn't reach and get through and control. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I view Trump as your typical older white guy in America. Mm. Right. New Yorker. Mm -hmm. Right. There's some things he does and says just based off of his, um, I'm not, culture is not the right word, but just, I can't even think of what I'm like, I can't think of Age the word. group, um, time period he grew up in. Yeah, right. Socioeconomic just, status. Exactly. So like when he was like, look at my African-American over there. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's something I would expect an old ass white person to say if they're trying to give props to a black person that's down for them because they don't really know how to just be like, yo, they can't just be like, yo, what's up, my nigga? Like, you know, like what, what really are they going to say? Right. And he doesn't know. So, like, to me, I just saw him as trying his best on a, on a social level. And maybe he didn't say the right things all the time. But I remember a time when hip hop loved Trump. Everybody loved Trump. Right. And then as soon as he gets voted to president, now he's all this boogeyman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? People that he's known for years and years and been in their videos and they dropping bars about him in songs. Now y'all hate him and he racist. Because y'all brainwashed. I mm. believe the media and the narratives and you picking your side, you picking your game. They can't mm. fast being neutral, right? To me, it's not intelligent or powerful to refuse a conversation with the president of the United States, no matter what side they on. Facts. You, you don't have the ability to have a simple conversation to just, especially if you have access, right? See, I would love to go talk to the president. I'll go talk to Biden. Right. Right. But I don't have that access. So if you consider yourself, especially a black person on a certain level and you have access to me, I would have been in that. I would have been in the White House whispering in his ear what the fuck I want him to say and what I want him to do. Because right. one thing about Trump is that he he wants to be appealing to black people. So really, we could have got him to do whatever the fuck we wanted him to do. Mm. If we put cards right. Trump looks out for his friends and his allies. Who do anything for his friends. So y'all gonna make an enemy out of this man? Out of fear of social scrutiny? So when Kanye decided to continue his relationship, I saw a black man who had an agenda. Because one thing about it, People love to act like we're not smart enough to have our own agendas. Ooh. Because you can be genuine and you can also be, you know, 
on your own mission at the same time. Right. And it's unfortunate. And, and what's really interesting is that um, we live in a society where intelligence is viewed as this super skill and you have to articulate yourself in this certain type of manner to be understood by certain people, right? But to me, you're not very intelligent if you can't understand someone else's articulation of their points. Mm, good point. Right? Y'all can't listen to someone and abstract the context of their words because you're so busy playing semantics. Indeed. So when I see Kanye in the Oval Office having this conversation with the president, I finally see someone in the Oval Office that I can understand and relate to. Mm. I speak that language. Y'all missed the part where he was talking about giving money to education and getting people back to work in factories in Chicago, right? You missed the part where he was breaking down all the things that they could actually accomplish if we actually just respected our president like y'all respect everybody else. I mean, every, every, every other president. I don't know why y'all respect Biden so much. <laughs> Right. He said, like, if this is the president, I don't want other people to be able on, on the outside to be able to like talk shit about the president. He needs to look fly. He needs to look good. He needs to be able. He needs to have the people around him who's even going to give him the proper notes to say. But because everybody has turned their back on him, <laughs> we can't even get the message out there that we need to get out there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's the problem you know because if you're willing to stand next to hillary clinton with her past and some of the shit she said and the things that she do you should be able to stand next to anybody mm. because it's not personal it's business but we got to remember that most people are just on the first level. They in the first dimension. You know what I'm saying? They're being fed. Then they're, they're, be, they're being told how to feel. You know? Right. I voted, I voted for Kanye. Hey! <laughs> I wasn't... I don't even vote for real. Right? Me neither. But my mom said something, and I value my mom. So she was like, if you don't vote, you can't have an opinion in this household when we're talking about politics and the president and this and that. And, you know, I'm like, I respect that. Even though it's silly, I respect you. And so I'll vote. I want but my I'm opinion. <laughs> I'm going to have my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no one can silence me. <laughs> right. You didn't me as a child, you're not about to silence me as an adult, right? But we, but we would bump heads a lot, right? Um, but I voted for Kanye just as a symbol, right? I wasn't voting for Trump, and I damn sure wasn't voting for Biden. I voted for the Black man 
who I know at least has vision for the future that looks something like mine. Okay. Now, personally, I don't want Kanye to be president because I don't need that. He can't handle that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need Kanye as president. Okay. But we as a people, maybe in the next 20 years, because remember I told you I'm patient, right? If we can all decide to vote on one independent president, then maybe we can do something. But as long as everyone is just voting for the lesser of two evils, you're going to stay in this position. Mm. If y'all really believe that your vote matters. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. If you believe that, right? Mm -hmm. Let's test it out. Let's test it out. Let's, let's in the next four presidencies, because it's not going to be the next one, 2024. It's not going to be the one after that, right? Maybe the third or fourth. Maybe the third we can see some progress and maybe the fourth we can actually do some shit, right? If everybody collectively, right, if if Black Lives Matter and the and MAGA supporters realize that we have a common enemy and we all just voted for the same candidate, maybe we can get somebody in office. Mm. But it has to start with not submitting to the lesser of two evils. Right. <laughs> or even Republican and Democrat, whatever. Yeah. Right. I think it could happen, but I'm optimistic. Um more optimistic than myself. Um <laughs> I uh I kinda just wanna gather the infinity stones and snap shit into place. Um I'm gonna ask a really interesting question now as we segue into some more matters that interest myself. If you had one wish, only one wish, could be anything in the world, but I've gathered the Dragon Balls, all seven, me and the homies gathered all the Dragon Balls. And now you get to, I say, hey, Tori, I got all the Dragon Balls right here. I'm gonna hand yeah. them to you. Then we, when we, when we, when Shinra pops up, we giving that wish to you. What would you wish for? Hmm. Could be anything in the world. Everything is. You just can't wish for more wishes. Ah. Uh, Hmm, what would I wish for? And take your time. Natasha Kayleen in the chat, what up? Um, I wanted to respond to this one guy. He was all in his panties. He's like, just say some conservatives, don't say conservatives. Here's the thing, y'all. If the majority does something, I'm not saying some. You need to go watch my, my Joe Rogan interview where I said I'm not gonna mince my language and say some or this or that. No, y'all all together until y'all correct your narrative. Until y'all correct what's wrong with your political side, it's all of y'all, okay? And I know some of y'all are different, but if you feel you different, maybe you need to be a libertarian because the people that represent you are misrepresenting you. Your Republicans, your rhinos, your conservative ink grifters, the ones that showed no compassion when black lives were dying in the street. Did you show compassion when black lives were dying in the street? Let's start there. Let's start there. 
Because if you did, maybe you need to separate yourself from the idea of conservatism, or maybe you need to support different people like Sonny Johnson. Okay. But you complain about, oh, say some, no, I'm not going to mince my words. It's y'all. And, and you know why? Because I've had people like, uh, Jeff on the right, uh, Sharice, Sonny Johnson, and other prominent conservatives complain and say, Hey, when I mention something pro black, I'm criticized. I'm attacked. I lose followers. Y'all don't like pro black people for some reason. Y'all conservatives. Y'all don't like that shit because y'all see that as separatist. And, and again, it's, it's because it doesn't work in your interest and you want us to work in your interest. But on one hand, you guys say we're Americans, right? Well, when that American died in the street, did you treat him as an American or did you treat him like a foreign enemy? Did you have compassion then? You didn't have compassion. You treat him like a foreign enemy. So you don't look at us like Americans. You only look, you'd want us to be Americans so that we vote the way you do so that we push a certain agenda that, that, that you like. So let's, 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 let's be real here. When we have these conversations, I can be real about my people. I need you to be real about your people. I call shit straight down the middle. Okay. White folks, you want to get rowdy. I love it. Black folks, you want to get rowdy. I love it. Cause I know y'all got the same enemy, but I'm calling shit down the middle. When I see, um, Ashley Babbitt get shot at the six, I felt bad. I don't want to see people die. When I seen black lives get shot in the street by cops, I didn't want to see that. I had compassion. Anytime a life is lost, I have compassion. Unless it's some fucking, you know, rapist or, or something like that, then yeah, he deserves everything he gets. Um, you know, but other than that, other than those anomalies and exceptions, when a life is lost as human beings, we have to have compassion. Don't get me ranting on white conservatives. I got a lot of problems with y'all. I, I don't hate y'all as much as uh, white liberals, but y'all get on my nerves too. <laughs> I'm only on y'all side because y'all a little bit closer to the truth. <laughs> word peace to that if I had one wish <laughs> <laughs> it would be to to take earth back to a genesis like state and put it into the individualistic mentality mm. that humans have Mm -hmm. right so that we can reset with like just more respect and like you said compassion but more so empathy for not just each other but for the earth right because we have taken things too far in development we're so disconnected from the earth that I feel like if we just took the steps, like if, if we could just, if I could just snap back and just get nature back in tune, I feel like humans would correct ourselves naturally. Mm. Right. Mm. But we so far from the truth that the lack of compassion is there. You know what I'm saying? We can't feel for each other. We can't even feel for the earth. Like we'll, we'll see, we'll see like pollution and not think nothing of it. When I was, when I was 18, I got a check because I live in a, I, live, I grew up in a city with a refinery. And at some point in your lifetime, 
Something's going to happen at the refinery where they're going to have to pay people. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you might have some respiratory issues or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. right? But I was thinking like, we're at a point where we just, we know that's happening, but the fact that we just get a check, we don't even care about it. Mm, it makes it all good. Makes it all good. Mm. Right? That would be my wish, to give back to nature in hopes that it, humans will just naturally correct ourselves. You know what I'm saying? I got to give you the motivation behind that question. Okay. So uh, when um, I speak to guys about dating, I say, you have to ask every woman that question. It's going to tell you everything you need to know. And I said, there's going to be two main, two main responses to that question. Okay. And it's going to be all you need to know about this woman. Two main responses are going to be selfish and selfless. <laughs> if a woman with her wish wishes for something selfish, you need to haul ass in the opposite direction. Facts. Now, if they wish for something selfless, might want to take some interest in that woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you, with your wish, did not ask for something selfish. You asked for something selfless and very deep too. She said, I want to take us back to the Genesis. Well, so many things will be just, I don't got to worry about so many things. We just take it back to the Genesis, <laughs> take it back to the garden. Yeah. No, that's true though. That's very true. Um, selfish and selfless. I love that response. And I knew you were going to give me a selfless response. I knew it. You know, <laughs> I just knew it and just, you're just too wise not to, not um, we're going to talk sexuality. Okay. <laughs> how would you describe your sexuality? I don't want to put labels on you and call you something you're not. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your sexuality to people? Well, as far as language goes, cause I do respect language. Okay. I can, I identify as a lesbian. Okay. I have, um, I have interests and I have attraction to females since I was a kid. Okay. Right. Um, but I do understand that sexuality is a spectrum, right. And it's fluid. So something that I had to accept about myself is that on one hand, I have the capacity to be what's considered bisexual, mm-hmm. but I choose not to based off of my day-to-day urges, right? Okay. And I just say that to say like, in 20 years, if I meet a man that just is the right man, I'm not going to fight that because I identify as a lesbian. Mm. But today and tomorrow and this and that, I have interest in that because I got some other shit going. Right now, I've heard you say in the past, Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've seen you type this on Twitter. Uh You said eventually you're going to settle down with the man and have Mm -hmm. no, and have children. Tell me what you said. I I don't want to mess up your word. I don't. I'm. Tell me, tell, tell us what you said. Well, 
As far as my spirituality goes, I understand the importance of men and I understand the importance of their presence. So um, I wouldn't necessarily be against like mating with a man for the intention of having a child. Okay. Like that's not too far beyond. Like I'm not like grossed out and like I was, I didn't have no wicked experience with men. I don't have the, my sexuality is based off of how I feel about women, not about how I feel about men. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, when it comes to the purpose of connecting and divine manifestations and creation, I can honor that if I chose to. Okay. If I met a man who I felt could handle that, mm. right? And I personally want men in my children's life, right? Although I will have my wife and my partner, whatever, um, I would want the father to be there. In the same household? Well, maybe not the same household. Who's living right? in the house with you, the man or the woman? <laughs> Most likely the woman, yes, yes, yes. I, I mean, I already, like, I already just want to be alone. <laughs> okay. Everybody in my house, though, right? Yeah. But even if I don't mate with a man, and maybe I just, you know, connect with someone, we do it a different way. I just want there to be, like, like, personally, I, I want a man who wants a child. Okay. Have an understanding of parenting and what that actually is because I do respect and I understand that you know two parents should be together and this and that whatever Mm -hmm. but if you look at reality that's not happening Mm. so I also have um, the pleasure (laughs) to procreate in not such a traditional sense Mm. right and it won't like People feel like they have to be like romantic to have a child, whatever. But I believe if you are a conscious person and you are grounded and respectful, then this could be an even more fulfilling parenting style because it's not going to be none of the extra craziness that tends to come when you're in a romantic situation with someone you have a kid with. I, for one, do not believe in romance. Continue. (laughs) Right. And I understand that we all need security and things like that. So I even played with the idea of making like this man sign a contract to say like, I'll never put you on child support. (laughs) You could be as present as long as they're safe. I'll never keep your child away from you because that's what a lot of guys are fearful for when it comes to, you know, having a child, um, whatever, whatever. And I also probably would not want to have a child with someone who just doesn't want to be in the child's life at all. Like, don't tell them about me, da 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 Because that can make a child feel lost. Yeah. You know? I like hypothetical situations. So hypothetically speaking, me and Dr. Nia Ricks invent the perfect man for you. Okay? Specifically for you to have children with. And he's like, I was made for you, Tori Nix. Let's have a baby and you can have your wife, (laughs) but I want to live with you and the woman. Well, (laughs) she said, well, (laughs) (laughs) if that's the situation, 
He said, I want to wake up and I want to see my kid in the morning. I want him to be able to just run up and see daddy. Mm-hmm. We can work that out. Okay. If we have a big enough space. Oh, you, right? you've got, I mean, it's Hotep Nation. We'll get you a mansion. Oh, yeah. Like, if you can't be just in my space. Okay. Right? <laughs> right? You can have your own space and we can live on the premises together. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like, we don't give humans enough credit, right? We can be very functional and healthy, right? Because we've been given the idea that marriage looks like this, this house supposed to be this and that, we don't allow the possibilities to really take shape. You know what I mean? So if that was the situation, and we came to a real agreement where it could be healthy and respectful and boundaries and I got to worry about no madness. Then yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. The gay agenda exists or does not exist. The gay agenda. Hmm. I'm just trying the to get you canceled right now. <laughs> the gay agenda, it exists, but not in the way that people think it exists. Okay. Explain. Right. Goes back to the levels and the dimensions, right? Okay. Gay people been existing since before it's been what it is now. Right. Because of society, we had to hide in this and that. Right. And then eventually we just started breaking out and building our own communities. And we have our own way of life. We have our own way of doing things and everything, right? Can I cut you off really fast? Yeah. Renegade History United States by Thaddeus Russell. Uh, I forget the mobster uh, name it was, but he actually murdered the husband, the wife's husband because he was upset that she was a lesbian. He went and married her and saved her from her marriage. But it was New York law that was against any type of homosexuality. It was the state that was against homosexuality and not individuals. In fact, you had the mob set up, uh, like you say, the village, set up clubs just for gays. Continue, I'm sorry, I just want to put that factoid out. No, sure. And I also want to know what your idea or what the idea of gay agenda is before I start, really. Sure. Um, introducing sexuality to children at a okay. age that is too early. Okay. Um, introducing the idea of homosexuality at a very early age. Um, okay. The the need to put rainbows everywhere. Um, okay. Black Lives Matter turning their organization, which was built off of dead black men, and then turning it into something that was only for pretty much rainbow people. Right. But it seems like there's some agenda. And so I guess to, to succinctly put it, the, uh, the, the, the gay agenda is to create a problem bigger than the one that exists to exploit the homosexual community for socialists and the Marxist, um, uh, desires agenda and to uh, basically push the black movement to the back and make the black movement all about the rainbow. 
I always say, if you make them put respect on your blackness, you ain't got to put, make them put respect on your gayness. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, I definitely think that the homosexuality, um, the homosexual community is being exploited by higher ups with their own agenda. Yes. Right. When it comes to the idea of introducing sexuality to children, um, I just, I just ask you like, I'll say this. Give me as blunt as possible. Yeah. Like children are already aware of their sexuality, whether we want to acknowledge that or not. Okay. If anything, straight people also push sexuality on children very young. Absolutely. And I hate it. You'll see a two-year-old little boy hanging around a two-year-old little girl and then you'll see somebody be like oh that's your boyfriend oh that's your girlfriend i hate that right right they go to the garden the mom is saying oh yeah he got a girlfriend in his class right when you're five years old you're aware that you think that person's cute Right? Yeah, you know attractiveness, yes. Yeah, how you feel, whatever. Now, the difference is that there is an understanding of what that means when it looks like heterosexuality. When I was a kid, I know for a fact I had a crush on a girl at six years old. Right? Okay. But I didn't know that back then because I did not have any type of information regarding homosexuality to the point where I thought something was wrong with me because I thought I was obsessed with girls growing up. Mm. And, and not just at six, you know, growing up, right? Maybe in like fifth or sixth grade, I see a girl that I like and we're friends and we're hanging out, but now I'm having different feelings that's supposed to be for boys, even though I don't really have those feelings for boys, have it for a girl and I can never say nothing because now is something wrong with me. And that can drive a child crazy, right? That can make them insecure that can make them hate themselves, that can make them feel like just whatever, right? So what it is at this point is bringing a name and, and helping queer children identify their own queerness at a young age instead of forcing them to suppress it and not have anyone to relate to or talk to, right? Now, I don't think that we need to be teaching them certain things, right? Obviously, there's an age and there's a time for everything. I do think that the system is being too aggressive in some ways, but that's because they don't know how to truly teach children, and we see that with public education. I would not rely on anyone other than myself to teach my children most things. Because Facts. we know the capacity at which our children can understand. Because not for nothing, telling a kid about, making a kid 
understand that someone has two moms, a kid don't care. They just know now. They'll be like, oh, you have two moms, right? Oh, I have a mom and a dad. And that's just it. It's not until those children are being taught that, you know, we don't, you know, he got he got two moms. Like, that's so shit. I don't know. Like, uh. Now that child is going to be like, oh, you got two moms? Oh, no. You're supposed to have a mom and a dad. Right? So to me, it's just about educating the youth on things that has been um, suppressed for a long time that exists in society and reality forever, right? So at five years old, I can watch a movie where a man and a woman kiss, even though I shouldn't be watching that at five years old. But when the two women kiss, now it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's just a matter of the ignorance of adults and what they've been taught that they then teach their children because they feel like their children isn't or isn't intelligent enough to understand or whatever like I, I don't really understand the double standard there you know oh absolutely I totally agree um anybody not enjoying the conversation just leave just leave I'm enjoying the conversation you could just leave I mean you know you're crying in the comments because you're hearing a perspective and this is this is my problem with people right mm -hmm. like me and you have this conversation i don't understand we've had the 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 the, the sexuality conversation before we're just having it now publicly right and i would consider myself homophobic mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i see two dudes kissing i'm trying to hide my son and you know what i mean like i'm calling the right. names and shit like that but at the same time like i got gay homies you know what i'm saying and I have no problem with it, right? So I'm a hypocritical like that. But I'm very interested in knowing, you see, you can't get anywhere anywhere in this world without understanding other people's perspectives and why they think a certain way and move a certain way. We can't find harmony on the planet without that. You know what I mean? So Because a lot of times, homophobic people are very curious people. Mm. Right? When I just talk to them and I allow them the space to just be who they are and say what they want to say, I can educate them on things that they clearly don't understand. And oftentimes than not, they walk away with a better understanding. Right. So then they can function on a different level. Like it's not my place to try and convince you not to be homophobic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're going to like what you like, but you can handle certain situations differently based off having more information. Right. Right. But that's on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, the right they complain so much because they say the left won't have conversations with them. They won't talk to them. They, you know, they blackball them. But here I have a lesbian woman on my platform, and you're like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> this is why I say there's no such thing as a left or a right. Right? It's, right. It's one. It's just a circle. It's a circle. Yeah. There's no left or right in a circle. <laughs> people, are looking, people are looking to have their own opinion validated. Right. Exactly. So anyway, um, <laughs> so I say there is a gay agenda. Okay. Where in that do you agree that there is a gay agenda? Okay. 
The gay agenda to me looks like the fact that, well, we know they're, um, they are, you know, using our community to push their agenda. Okay. You yes. know that, right? That's, thank you. Yes. Continue. And our community and mean black people specifically. Continue. Right. Black and gay. Okay. Okay. Because you got to remember intersexual, uh, intersexuality. <laughs> Intersectionality. Yes. Right. Because I feel the reason behind Black Lives Matter doing the whole gay thing, which I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think that that needs to be such a huge part of the mission statement, but whatever. Um, but the reason why they do that is because a lot of black people are homophobic. And that's just the bottom line. Down to the church, down to your grandma. Right? It's not enough that your grandma just loves you and tolerates you, even though she knows you're gay, even though she puts you through hell in the past, right? There has to be more learning in general, and that's what, you know, the whole black and whatever. But one way that I feel the gay agenda shows up is in the way that they stereotype gay people. Okay. So then it helps them push the narrative that, validates homophobic people's opinion mm. right how often in a movie have you seen a masculine gay man never well i can't say never um uh godfather in harlem um they torture this guy and a gay man um you know gives him in a rear end but they use him more as like muscle and punishment but <laughs> it's not like you know, like, like what you're saying, yeah. but yeah, that's the only example I've ever seen. And a right. lot, and I know there exists, we call them homo thugs, I guess you would say. Right. But there exists a lot of masculine gay men. Exactly. Right. But in entertainment where they love to parade black gay people around, they'll never put that person on the front line and give them an identity. Mm. Right. Because they they one feel less threatened by feminine black men, right? So they want to give them the platform, right? To, to cater to their agenda. But what it does is just creates more stereotypes. So the, so, so the fact, so the moment a person, a straight person hears that a black person or, or a man is gay, their first thought is that they're feminine and that they can be treated a certain way and that they're submissive and that they're this and that. And that just plays into stereotypes, mm. right? And then anything on the opposite, on the opposite spectrum is not to be respected. Cause like you just said, we call it homo thug. Right. Or we just, or we just assume that if a masculine black man is gay then he's on the dl mm. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, the thing about it is with me you'll never hear me call myself a gay black woman okay i am a black female artist mm. and i'm a lesbian okay my identity is not does not revolve around my sexuality. 
So I don't have to announce that I'm gay, right? So if a black man who views himself as a black male artist doesn't announce that he's gay and he's masculine, people are just gonna assume that he's on the DL because he's not just flamboyant and this and that because we don't all act like that. Right. And we're not all identifying with our sexuality every single day. I never, I really don't think about the fact that I'm gay. Okay. <laughs> I think about the fact that I'm black a lot more than I think about I'm gay. Oops. Other people, other people tend to make me think about the fact that I'm gay. Mm. Right? But otherwise, it's, how often do you think that you're straight? Yeah, I don't think about it. So, so let me ask you this, right? So, so some people would push back and they would say, okay, you don't think about being gay or you don't label yourself as gay. Why would you, you know, put black in there, right? Why would you say I'm a black female artist and just saying I'm a female artist or just saying I'm an artist? Why would you put black mm -hmm. in there? Because that's a part of my identity that I really connect with and that I'm really proud of. Okay. It tells a whole story about who I am and what I stand for. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. Why? 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 Why is it? Why is being black so important? Mm -hmm. Because one reason is because I live in America, and it's something that has constantly been held against me. Right. Mm -hmm. That I see the beauty in. I don't feel the need to hide it or to um, assimilate or to, you know, make people feel less threatened by my identity, right? At the end of the day, people look at me, even if they don't care about race or whatever, whatever, we know, we can identify, we see, we have eyes to say, you're black, I'm white. Right. You're skinny, you're fat. You have long hair, you have short hair. These are things that, you know, are real. So when it comes to me just um, identifying myself and my character, my blackness is important to me because I really, really connect with the culture and the history and my family and everything we went through and the everything. Yeah. Like, you know, being black is actually pretty special to me. Mm based of just off of our accomplishments, based off the fact that we went through so much during slavery, for example, and we still here. Yeah. I think uh, my response is, mm -hmm. it's a matter of survival. You know, when people say, you know, hey, you know, why are you black, da da da? Like, if I don't identify as black, my people will, will be erased from this planet i don't want my people to be erased from this planet asian people are allowed to say they're proud to be asian uh indian people are allowed to say they're proud to be an a indian italians german whatever it is if you say white they get all in a tizzy if you say you black then the white conservatives get all in a tizzy right so it seems like only white and black people have this issue everybody else is allowed to be proud of where they're from would you say that that's just an american thing because like you said like you you said well, obviously, Asian is a whole thing. Right. But nationality, right? Because you could be proud to be Jamaican. Right. 
or Nigerian. Yeah. But if we being real, when it comes down to being black, that's an American thing because we deal with race here. Now we understand on a higher, we understand this shit don't matter so much mm -hmm. that we understand that we all black. Okay. You're saying that and us in the diaspora, everybody, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. We know, we know we all black. Okay. Jamaican, Jamaican know they black. Right. Right. African know too. Oh. Right. Right. But when it's time to big up their place, they're going to be like Jamaica, Nigeria, Ghana. But if we say America, they like, what the fuck you got to be proud of America for? <laughs> right. But yeah. then when we say black, because that's how we view ourselves in America as black, because we deal with race in America. Yeah. If you go, if you go to Paris or you go to Russia, whatever, and you call them people white, they gonna look at you crazy. Uh. And be like, I'm Russian. <laughs> I'm Italian. I'm white. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, blackness in America is the culture. Mm. It's our empire. But we all, but we also know that it's the whole diaspora and all that. Mm. I forgot. I forgot the initial question, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want you to help me work through my emotions really fast when it comes to homosexuality okay are you watching the new power yeah okay yeah so you know about the gay couple in there mm -hmm. right um i forget his name the basketball player his cousin or whatever and then he's got yeah. his teammate he's dating his teammate right so whenever they start messing around i got to turn mm -hmm. my head i my stomach turns in knots okay mm -hmm. i i want to vomit okay now, mm -hmm. there's a scene last week, and spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen this, but there's a scene where he's commissioned to murder his boyfriend. And as he's going to murder, did you see that, that episode? Yeah. Okay. So as he's about to murder his boyfriend, he receives a text message from his boyfriend. Like, yo, I'm thinking about you. And in that moment, I was like, I felt bad. I was like, damn, yo, that's fucked up. He's about to kill his boyfriend. I felt empathy for the homosexual. <laughs> his, his sexuality left my mind in that moment. It was just, I knew he loved this person and he was about to off somebody he loved and it hurt me. Mm -hmm. How do yeah. I process that as someone who in one scene cannot deal with it, but when shit hit the fan, I'm like, oh, don't kill him, don't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it shows me that you are a victim of indoctrination. Okay. And you still embody basic humanity. Like you're still in your heart, you still have genuine empathy. Mm. Compassion is just like understanding, right? right? But empathy is like, I feel you. Yeah. Because you are human, right. right? But because of your ideas that you have chosen to identify with, yeah. your ego right. plays a part in your rejection of that. Right. right? Yeah. Now there's some shit I don't want to see. 
I'm like, yo, uh, do, we, do we really need to see that? You yeah. know? Yeah. Whether it's straight people, gay, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, we don't have to bear witness to these acts. Okay. Right? But we can just relate on a basic human level. Mm. And if we just put that to the forefront of these interactions and these ideas that we have, mm-hmm. all that won't even matter. Yeah. You know? It's like I was talking to someone about some like, you know, whatever, um, gay stuff or whatever. And they said something that was interesting. It was like, well, I wouldn't want my kid to be gay. Right? Facts. And and, <laughs> and I understand that. Right? You wouldn't my son to- specifically. <laughs> my daughter, I would hope she'd be saying not gay. Right? I understand that based off of what I understand about I hate saying homo like homophobic because that's just been overused and watered down all the shit. Right? right. Right. But my mom she doesn't care about my sexuality she wants me to be happy and fulfilled in this lifetime period it's not a matter of well i would want my kid to be straight to her it's like i'm not here to dictate my child's sexuality i'm here to support them in their journey on this planet so just the the simple thing of saying well i wouldn't want my kid to be gay Right. See, I grew up in a family where I knew that being gay was rejected, even if they was able to accept me and to treat me kind day to day. I didn't grow up with my mom. I grew up with my um, grandparents and like my aunt and whatever. Right. So I know that in general, they would want me to be straight. Right. But if I am gay, then whatever. They'll deal with it. But that also made me hide and not be myself for a long time. Right? It made me, even when I started to finally accept and understand when I was a teenager, maybe I'm gay. Like, maybe, like I think this is actually real. What did I do? Got a boyfriend. Right? Because I need to, one, be sure. And two, I need to have this experience to be um, accepted socially and to have my parents not worrying and to not this and that, but he would fucking bore me. <laughs> it was boring. I <laughs> said <laughs> with the guy, never want, you know, never got to those points because it wasn't of my interest, but socially I understood that this is acceptable. Yeah. And this is what people will want from me. But also it didn't allow me to be myself. And then when I finally accepted my sexuality for myself, I had to sneak around because I didn't want to have hard conversations with my family because they don't want me to be like that. So now I'm going to have to fucking explain. What is there to explain? Right? Then they try and indoctrinate you further. Oh, it's just a phase. You're projecting onto me when I'm trying to show you who I am. 
you're still projecting your wishes and your ideas and your religion and your concepts onto me instead of just taking a moment to understand me. Right, because then when I start saying, "Well, I had a crush when I was, I had a crush on the girl when I was a kid." No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck you gonna tell me? Right, right, <laughs> right. But what I did like about that power episode is that when the father came home, he didn't care. Right, he's been away from his son for so long that the last thing he's gonna do is care about his sexuality what he cares about is are you picking the right person who's not going to get you fucked up right right caught you know up in I the mean? game yeah yeah so it's like when you when people can just bring it back to the humanity and just be present because if you're in front of a gay person you shouldn't be thinking about all this other shit right you should be thinking about who you're sitting in front right now and how they making you feel yeah right are you are they making you feel uncomfortable based off of something they're doing or are you making yourself uncomfortable based off your own thoughts because sometimes i feel like straight men think about more gay shit than gay people facts and we're gonna get into that <laughs> what's possessing you to be imagining two men together when that's not happening in front of you Boom. That's weird. You know what I find weird? And we're going to move into some spirituality conversation yes, before we get out of here. You yes, know what sir. I find funny? The other day I said, um, God gave the octopus a short lifespan because it would take over the human species if it lived any longer, right? It would be the ultimate life form on this planet, right? Saw that tweet. You saw that, right? And mm -hmm. I referred to God as a she. Right. And a lot of people got upset about that. They're like, oh, she, what are you talking about? God is a he, God is a he. And I'm like, first of all, if you're a thinking individual, there is no gender for God. If you're a thinking individual, right? Second of all, I've seen a lot of men referring to God as a man. And I'm like, you gay. <laughs> you gay if your supreme image of an individual is a man. When I die, the last thing I want to see is a set of balls. I want to see some titties. When Amen. I die, God better be a woman and she Amen. better look good. I don't <laughs> want to see men when I die. I want angels. I want beautiful female angels. I want to be the only man in heaven. <laughs> so when people think of God as a man, I'm like, yeah, you gay. Do you even like women? <laughs> like what's wrong with your mind that you, that you feel like God gotta be a man. You look up to men that much. You must Listen. have a fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, indoctrination. It is. You can believe whatever you want to believe, and you choose to believe what you've been given, and what you've been given is gay. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. And I want to um, put it out there for my um, for my homosexual gang. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to say that. It's very interesting and entertaining to me when um, when straight people say things are gay. Yeah. Um, that's not gay at all, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, like like that debate I saw happening where they were saying like, is it gay to get your son a kitchen set? 
you know, even though most chefs are men. And it's just like, at what point will you guys understand that what makes a man gay is sexual attraction to another man? Right. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. Fingernail polish does not make you gay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wearing makeup actually don't make you gay. Mm. Actually, heels, high heels, were originally for men to That's make true. short taller. That's true. That's right? true. It's the conditioning that got us in this hoopla, right? Of what it means to be a man and what it does. And it's like, we got to consider that, like, not all women like macho men. Mm. Because there are straight men who are just a little more in tune with their feminine side because we all have feminine and masculine within us. You could be totally straight man and still be a little feminine and you know that's probably the type of guy i would like uh oh i figured that <laughs> i'm going? not saying like literally yeah right but men who are too masculine just too macho i'm not attracted to that at all mm. as far as me personally like when it comes to that type of energy right i like someone who's a little more gentler even the guys I dated growing up was always pretty boys, right? Mm -hmm. Those boys exist and they're valid, right? Just yeah. like there's masculine gay men, they're valid. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, when I said God was a woman, a couple of people called me a simp. I'm like... I'm a simp because I think God is a woman. I'm like, do y'all even like women? <laughs> no, <Yeah>. they don't. <laughs> That's what I believe. Don't. Really don't. If we really being real. Right. Other straight men view women as a tool to be used, not a being to connect with. Mm. You know? I'm not I'm not I'm not super religious or nothing, but Adam and Eve two, whether it's I don't care if you gay, whatever, whatever. Two. Right? There's two of us because there's a connectedness there. I'm really fascinated by just the autonomy, like just like the fact that we have the right to explore wherever we want to on this spectrum of sexuality. But at the end of the day, creation comes from one act because we need each other. Right? right. And it's like men and women, because we see with women too, they just using men for money and whatever, whatever. I have to tell my, some, um, some of my homegirls was like, um, thank you for helping me stop using men. Mm. And I was like, what? You know, like, but basically one day I just told her, like, she was just talking about going out with this guy because he was going to take her here and there and buy her this and that. But she doesn't like him like that and this and that. And I was like, why would you subject yourself to that? You know, and why are you comfortable using someone who may have a real, authentic, genuine love and care for you? You say he's a nice guy. 
you say that he's the type of guy who deserves someone who really cares about him. Mm -hmm. Yet you'll still use him, right? There's a, there's a huge imbalance between men and women. And it's so crazy to me that they, men and women is in our business. <laughs> our meaning gay people's business, right? Right. Y'all need to be figuring out where the disconnect is between y'all so that y'all can come together and do what y'all supposedly are meant to be doing. Right. <laughs> it's silly. Um, Cassius can white progressives exploiting the plight they create the Marxist white capitalists on sloppy reactions. That's where Con Inc. need to tighten up. Real talk. Andrea said, this is a beautiful conversation. I'm learning so much. Thank you. Um, I feel like, and we're going to come back to the homosexuality um, in, in, in childhood. I have a question about that. But um, to me, you know, somebody, a man who, who can't envision God as a woman, there's something wrong with his masculinity. At some point, he probably couldn't get women or, or women don't want him. <laughs> But there's an insecurity there in my book. One of the chapters says women are the apex predator. I say women are the top of the food chain as far as humans are concerned. Um, and I can back that up with science. You know, white people love to back things up with science. But everybody starts off a human embryo starts off as a female and the, and the Y chromosome don't kick until later. So everything about the human being starts with the woman. Mm -hmm. I'm secure in my masculinity. I could say women are superior. And the only reason why women have been reduced to the level they have is because of insecure men. Facts. Right? Like the Bible mm -hmm. saying that man was created out, woman was created out of man. But science say a whole nother story. Listen, listen, common sense is lacking. Common sense is lacking. So. And indoctrination really will have people just disregarding common sense. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Um, my daddy from Jamaica, so I was raised homophobic. Um, <laughs> I've heard all types of things about that, and I'm working on it. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but I'm working on it. Um, you mentioned your childhood and how people were treating you. How do you, how do you got get over that? That I guess I don't I don't if trauma is the right word to use or. How did you handle that as you became an adult? How did you get over that? How did you forgive some of the people that judged you when you were a child and treated you a certain way as a child? How did you find some resolve? Ghost said, uh, shout out to Tori next. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Yes. Well, I've been blessed with the ability to not give a fuck about what other people are projecting onto me. And I recognized very early in life that um, people function from ignorance, right? And because I'm just a naturally empathetic person, like even if you're being a hater, I still feel for you. Mm -hmm. Like, damn, I recognize that you're actually quite miserable, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've always just been that I've been lucky enough to be the person that just brushed it off. Like I can't be I can't be consumed by it. And I just um, I just deal with people how they need to be dealt with. I put them in their little box in my life. You know what I mean? Like um, growing up, <laughs> growing up up until a certain point, 
I was very feminine. And then one day I just decided that was dead. And I dressed how I really want to dress, right? And I grew up in a time when oversized clothes was really popular. Yeah, I remember that. So, so, so that was kind of difficult for people around me to see, right? Because I went from the extreme, like, soup tight jeans to like big, big baggy jeans, right? And I heard something once that, this kind of off topic, but I'll get back. They said like, sometimes you might see queer adults dressing bad because they started later in life actually dressing themselves how they want to dress. So it's kind of like a kid, right? When, they, when you let a kid dress themselves for the first time, they might wear some crazy shit, right? Give them some time and they'll grow into themselves, right? And that was me, right? At first, at six, 16, I'm baggy, but then I, I go to Paris, find, find Euro tight jean, that's my style, and now I got a better understanding, you know? And I just allow people to treat me how they treat me. And as long as you can treat me with respect, when I'm present and I don't hear you talking no shit about me otherwise, like be good. Because people want to be accepted, but I just want to be respected. Right? Everybody in my life knows you got to approach me a certain way because I set firm boundaries with everyone, right? But that doesn't mean that they can't approach me with, they can approach me with anything. I love a good debate, right? But respectfully. So I'm not too caught up in having people accept and like me and understand and, oh, no, no. when I'm here, respect me, I'll respect you. And if you love me, then you're gonna do that because otherwise I won't be here and you're gonna be missing out. <laughs> Bars. Um, all right, we're going to close out on the spirituality con uh, co uh, conversation. Okay, um, for sure. You know, when we, um, you good? Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Um, just kind of <laughs> you said what? The light was just kind of bright. That's oh, okay. all. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I enjoy having a spiritual conversation more than any conversation, usually. I like business conversations, too. Um, yeah. I actually don't enjoy talking about history and politics. I just find it more of a necessity mm -hmm. um, and a re inventing, you know, frustrations. But I, I find that the root of all the problems we have in this world is people's lack of spiritual understanding. Absolutely. You say um, all things align. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> Well, what all things align really means is when you're on task and you're living in your truth and you're doing the small things from day to day to just honor yourself, your life will be in alignment. You'll start receiving. Right? You'll be receiving the things you want. You'll get any job you want. You'll get any, you'll be happy because you're setting boundaries with people, because you're waking up every day. And maybe for you, you, 
you need to work out and eat breakfast. Maybe that's just as much as you need to do every day. And if you do that, you will be on the path of alignment to have whatever you want to have. But if you're not doing that, you just lay in bed and tweet and now it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you don't eat and this and that. Nothing's going to go right for you. They're out of alignment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. You know, I tell people, um, you know, like there's this thing called destiny. And I say, when you do the things you're, you're, you're uh, like you said, the day to day daily things. Your destiny will manifest in a, in a good way. But I also say you have multiple destinies, right? Where if you don't do the things, something bad is at the end of the road and really comes down to are you doing those day to day things? I love that you mentioned that. Um, mm -hmm. Name of your website is um, Mind Over Flesh. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> Mind Over Flesh is the fact that Whatever you put your mind to, this physical realm can't stop it from happening. Right? <laughs> we want to have all these excuses as to why we're not obtaining certain things in this physical dimension. But from day to day, you're thinking about all the bad things that's gonna happen. Or or like I saw, I saw a quote, maybe I don't know where it's from, but it was like, instead of thinking of all the bad things can happen, think of the good things that can happen. And it's really that, and it's really that simple. Put your mind in alignment instead of allowing your fleshly desires, your, your physical senses to lead you, allow your mind to lead you. Yeah. So put that mind over your flesh. Do you believe in God? Absolutely, yeah. Would yeah. you call it God? Do you like that term? <sighs> no, I just understand language, right? That's where because, I'm at, right. <laughs> you know, I understand what God is a lot, all that, right? Um, Jesus is a whole separate thing from God, but Christians don't think that, right? Uh -oh. Christians, Christians say that Jesus is God or... Okay, let me take a step back because so, maybe I'm not saying that properly. No, right? you said it right. You said it right. Continue. <laughs> they believe that the Holy Trinity, the God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is all one thing. Notice women is not anywhere, anywhere in there. Just, just pure homosexuality. My bad. Continue. <laughs> yes. Right. Patriarchy and all that. Mm -hmm. Right. But once you have an understanding that God has nothing to do with religion, then that's when you're onto something, right? Religion is like, religion is like mainstream industry, right? It's kind of like, it's kinda, <laughs> all right, I just thought of this. Um, religion is kind of like the music industry People think they gotta go through the mute through a label to reach their success. Because what mm, God said. That's powerful. Right? God said, according to Christians, that you have to go through the sun to get to me. <laughs> that was from a 
manipulative to nobody else? Like, what the f <laughs> Right? God is an infinite energy source that exists without any bounds. Like, all this shit is just going. God is energy. It's not some entity dwelling in the outer realms judging the fact that I slapped the bitch today. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> right? God is and is within us. And that's what's supposed and that's supposed to be what Christians are supposed to be understanding. They're not supposed to be worshiping Christ. They're supposed to be embodying the energy and living Christ-like. When you live Christ-like, you would have more compassion, empathy. You would help your neighbor. But instead, they've been indoctrined by the chaotic nature of religion till now they're worshiping an entity that was created by another human. And they used God because they understand that we are naturally a spiritual people. They use God as like the definite, like the, the nail in the coffin. Right. I have this. Yeah. Got this right here. Holy Bible. Okay. I picked this up in New York because I wanted to read the Bible. Um, I, so I went to this little bookstore and they gave me this for free because they had so many. And I'm reading this, and this is King James Version. Okay, there's not no altered version of nothing, whatever. And I'm, I look at, and I see this first page. And this first page basically says, um, let me see if I can scan it real quick. Take your time. Okay. Okay. So it basically goes into God Almighty. They mentioned the Queen Elizabeth here. <laughs> Down here they say, but there are infinite arguments of the right Christian religion affection. Okay. And now at last, by the mercy of God in the continuance of our labors, it being brought unto such conclusion as that we have great hopes that the Church of England shall reap good fruit thereby, we hold it our duty to offer it to your majesty, not only as to our king and sovereign, but as to the principal mover and author of the work. How do you interpret that? And it's a lot, it's a lot to read. So I just read one key part in there. I don't know if I can see that, right? But when you think about the Bible and Jesus, and you think about, let's go back to black people and how the Bible was used to enslave our spirituality. When we are worshiping this deity, which is Jesus, and we're giving all of our spiritual energy to this deity, it is hereby 
going to the Church of England, Your Majesty. If y'all watched my stream earlier, y'all should be highly alarmed right now. Okay, they understand spirituality in a way that the masses don't. Like when they allowed um, the cameras to finally go into the Vatican, I think it was, and the Pope was in there worshiping a black Madonna. Uh -oh. That's fact. That's facts. They that happened, right? Because they understand the root of spirituality. They understand, like you said, that the woman is God, or the woman has supreme divinity that they must honor if they want to reap the true benefits of spiritual enlightenment. You cannot stray too far from the truth if you want to reap the benefits of the symbolism. But what they understand is they can worship Black Madonna, but y'all need to worship the deity they created so that they can reap the benefit of the energetic worshiping going on. So every time the people, the Black people especially, because you see how that Black it, you feel you know that you know the energy i'm sorry white churches just don't compare it's very stale right that's our facts spirit, our spirit the way that we can reach into our spirituality and bring out that light but then we give it to jesus and that's why i feel a lot of black people in the church ain't doing too good mm. because the first moment they even muster up the energy to do what they need to do for themselves. Instead of giving themselves some props, they give it to Jesus. They don't even give it to God. I thought God be the glory. They'd be like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth over there sipping tea. <laughs> Why you think these people don't die? Oh, wow. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred years old, just living life because not only have they conquered the world, they conquered your spirit. Mm. 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 And people don't even realize that you can create your own deities and have it work for you. They're, they 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 turn George Floyd into a deity. And making people worship that deity now. Yeah. Right. All right. Continue. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Right. A lot of artists do that too with their alias. Right. When you have an alias, you're creating a new spirit. Right. And that's why, like, names is so important. We need to be naming our children shit that's going to empower them. Not these, like, no offense to nobody out there, but like Ashley or Brittany or Kyle or these things, their names, but what do they mean, right? You see a lot of different cultures, they'll name their, their people something that means the first son, the mighty warrior. Like, damn, what the fuck my name mean? Right. <laughs> right? 
And then we start calling ourselves ridiculous nicknames that don't mean nothing, right? But then they get mad when the hoteps want to call themselves Hotep Jesus. <laughs> Listen, nobody would be mad at you if your name was Day Day. That holds no power. But the moment you want to call yourself Asar or Haru, now they got a problem. Oh, this nigga think he Asar. No, I don't. Well, yes, <laughs> I am aligning my spirit with this energy of Asar. And when you speak to me, you're calling upon that energy, which you're calling upon me. Right. And they got people so afraid to stray out of things. How, how are you black and afraid of the Illuminati? <laughs> uh-huh. Right? That's another one too, right? Like I said earlier, they know that you can't stray too far from the truth if you want to get that um, reward. That's the point of a ritual, right? Do something, get, a, get the um, reward. That's why they have to put the eye of Horus on the dollar, on the pyramid, right? Because they understand how energy works. So then if you get people afraid of these symbols that anybody could use, right? Anybody could use these symbols for to harness their own energy, but we've been taught to give it out by worshiping Jesus and worshiping deities. Because all religion do, a lot of the Bible is God fucking people up for not obeying. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Right? Mm-hmm. You even got like, I don't know, y'all got y'all should read the Bible because it's actually really interesting. They don't. Right? They don't. We're Christians, Christians, Christians don't read the Bible. That's that's facts. I wasn't even talking to them because I already know they don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else should read it though. You know, you know? My, my, my issue is um gods, right? You know the whole text, we what up, God? I'm a God, right. you a God. We call ourselves mm -hmm. gods, right? Facts. And I've said that on the internet, on Twitter before, and the white conservatives find it offensive. They're like, you better put a lowercase g. And I'm just like, yo, y'all really get caught up on these little, like, semantic things? I'm like, ah, right, y'all definitely indoctrinated. I can't help you. Um, but then I'm like, the Bible say ye are God. Like, where are we going with this, right? And then it comes down to like the miracles that Jesus did, right? And I'm a huge fan of Jesus because I have to be. I'm Hotep Jesus. I got to be. And I've done a lot of studies on, on, on Jesus. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I've done a fair amount of studies on Jesus. And I love Jesus. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we have to affirm Jesus. I don't think we yeah. worship him. But Jesus himself, right? Like everybody want to talk about, you know, what you're supposed to do with Jesus and all that. But what did Jesus say in the Bible about himself and what you're supposed to do? Let's go straight to the source. When you go straight to the source, Jesus said, don't worship me. He said himself, right? 
Then when it comes to the miracles, right? When I say, hey, we can do the miracles. I've said this before. I sweet. I said, we can do the miracles that Jesus did. No, we can't. You open the Bible and Jesus said, you can do this too. <laughs> Thanks. So how are you worshiping this person, but you ain't listening to him? Are you saying I worship this person, but he crazy, don't listen to him? Is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one more? <laughs> you know, that's my problem. The problem is the worshiping of Christ in general. You're not supposed to be worshiping. Christ, Christ, Jesus is Jesus. Christ is a title that's given to Jesus, right? Like I said, you're supposed to be living Christ-like. And by the way, Hotel Jesus, I believe that um, Jesus would not be homophobic. He would be down with the gays. <laughs> You're probably right. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> but in general, you feel me? We have to just, like, it's the idolization of deities. Even, we see it even in, because the problem is too, like, even when people come to African spiritualities, right? They continue the same habit of worshiping entities and deities instead of embodying the energy and living like that, like you're supposed to be on the path of righteousness or whatever that means to you, right? It's, it's too much. <laughs> you know, what else is funny to me is if I pull out some candles and set one east and one west mm -hmm. and i start chanting and um i set some incense some christians might get disturbed by that they might say oh you worshiping the devil you doing god's work but when i walk up in the catholic church and they in there sounding like the halo music oh, 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 oh they are chanting as well. And then I smell the frankincense of the Catholic church and they're lighting mm -hmm. candles and the priest mm -hmm. walks around and canting with the, with the canter the, uh, or whatever it's called. And he's mm -hmm. spreading the frankincense around. Are you mm -hmm. not performing rituals? Are you not practicing esoteric rituals and practices? I say to myself, who are you worshiping? Are you the devil worshiper? Because I'm doing the same thing you are. Mm -hmm. I'm just not doing it at church. I'm just doing it at home. Exactly. Right? The three then then they bring Frankenstein and Murph. Mm. Then they follow the stars. They, the three wise men followed the stars to Bethlehem, right? Right. And they brought Frankenstein and Murph. Like, pe people are being led by false prophets but they don't realize it because they're been taught to basically obey their leader which is their pastor right you can just go to pastor school for a couple of months and just read a couple of scriptures every week and get paid right right these people do not read the bible they have no they have no understanding of mythology they don't even know how to read the Bible because they're reading it literally. Mm. Instead of the allegory. Yeah. Mm. Don't even have that depth. But school does that too, right? 
the indoctrination starts from so young and it hits every level. We're taught not to even question adults from a young age. And then we're taught not to question our teachers. So they're automatically not going to question a pastor. Right? And any and even in the Bible, it and like just in our religion, anything outside of this tightly niched information is demonic and should be rejected. Right. I, I remember a point where they said that um doing yoga was Christians couldn't do yoga. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, because now you're working with Kundalini energy. Yeah. Right. What's that thing called? Um, the um, Cadius or um, the thing, the you see it in medical terms or you oh, see it in medical with the snake. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You got a snake in Genesis. Right. And in symbolism in general, the snake only in the West is the snake viewed as like a negative thing. Otherwise, the snake is viewed as like a very transformational creature, wisdom, knowledge, and not for nothing. They did. The snake did give um, them the knowledge of the real world in reality. Mm. Because why God wanted them to live in an illusion. If we being real. The moment that the transformation occurred and they became aware of the world, now the sin starts. Mm. Even how like the whole story of Lucifer, right? Lucifer was the angel of music. And then we all know that he was considered the most beautiful creature basically that God created, right? It was born with gems and this and that. And then as soon as Lucifer became self-aware and knew its own power and say, hey, I'm worthy of some praise. I don't, I'm not saying I'm God, but I'm worthy of some praise. Y'all fuck with me. Y'all hear what I be doing with the trumpet and shit. Now he gets sent to earth. So basically earth is hell. Mm. That's what I thought when I read it. Right. <laughs> right. If you send in Lucifer to the underworld and the underworld is earth, that means hell is earth. Right. And we, and, and according to you, we can do what the fuck we want because Jesus died for our sins already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And still I have to, you know, whatever, whatever, but. Caduceus. Oh. Caduceus. Thank you, Cassius Davidson. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's a whole nother thing, right? Because we see that in the medical field, right? We see that in the chakra system. And we also see it on the Baphomet. <laughs> and mm. we all know they, they are deathly afraid of the Baphomet. Yeah. Well... Let's talk about the Baphomet because I have some historical information on the Baphomet most people don't have. Let's okay. get it. 
The Baphomet was created by the powers that be to mock people who practice mysticism, let's call it. The Baphomet has the goat head, right? And he points up and down, right? And that's supposed to represent as above, so below. So you have some people who think that the Illuminati worship the Baphomet, but in fact, the Illuminati created the Baphomet to keep you away from the knowledge and to mock the mystics of the time, right? Because they didn't, you know, the church, for example, was persecuting people who didn't believe in the church when we talk about the Inquisition. But the Baphomet actually wasn't created by the mystic. It was created to mock the mystic. And that's why he points as, as above, so below. We'll continue. Absolutely. The Baphomet is sitting in a yoga position. Right. Right. It has both. It's an androgynous figure. Mm -hmm. It has breasts and it has the, the rectal, mm -hmm. right? And so when you have people who don't understand symbolism and you have people who are um, led by their fear, mm. you're trapped. Mm. <laughs> you're trapped in the narrative that was given to you, right? Mm -hmm. It's like all these things can be working for us if we just simply understood it. That's just intellect, right? Like the checker floors, for example, yeah. that's another symbol that anybody could use. In my place in New York, we put checker floors in the kitchen, in the bathroom. Right. Because we understand duality. We understand the symbol. We understand that every time we see those floors it's going to trigger our mind to be within a certain energy. But because everybody's running around fear-based, they get a little information off YouTube that say the Illuminati uses this and this evil. Now niggas scared of checkerboards? <laughs> <laughs> it's madness. Yeah. It's I feel sorry for people, but that's also why I do what I do. I just share information I just share my perspective and allow people to do with it what they please. Mm. And people are curious. People, when you introduce people to new information, even if they reject it at first, they'll remember it and they may come around. Absolutely. And that's okay. That's okay. You don't got to get people to agree with you right then and there because the truth is the truth no matter how it makes you feel. Okay. Facts. And if that and if that person takes a year to come around, that's okay because they might live another 30 years. And now they can do something with that. But everybody just wants their opinion to be validated in that moment. They want to win debates and win arguments that they're missing the real collective goal here is to get to the truth. Right. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um I have one more hypothetical question, um, but before <laughs> okay. we get into that, um, I, st I still want to talk about this spirituality thing. Um, okay. I, uh, I believe that uh, all is one. Um, we are all part of one entity, one energy. Mm -hmm. You and I, you, you am I, I am you. You are mm 
a different coordinate of the energy mm-hmm. of the same energy you're just viewing you're experiencing this reality from another perspective and that's why mm-hmm. as i sit here and we interface um i get to see the world from your eyes that's why i love interviewing people because i get to see the world from somebody else's eyes and it's just like oh right. um i i don't think of i don't say you know um I say Tory Nix when I when I at the spiritual level I say I'm really dope because I am Tory Nix. <laughs> so when I see Tory Nix, I go, "Damn, I'm dope." Right. That's how I view I view us as the same thing, and it's right. just like, "Damn, if I could express myself as Tory Nix, if I could embody myself as Tory Nix, I have another piece of me unlocked." Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the soul. I believe in the greatest spirit. Um, what does your system look like? If you were to teach it to a child or teach it to another individual, because for example, I was talking to my homie and um, he's a Moor, and then we got another homie who's like deep into the church and you know, the whole Jesus thing. And so my Moorish homies talking to him and he like, yo, we got, we got to get you off that Bible, Jesus, da, 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 da. And I said to him, chill it's very dangerous to pull somebody out of a system like that because of placebo if he's manifesting things for himself as it is in his belief Mm -hmm. system and things are going right for him and you pull him out of that you could destroy his life yep i also said we shouldn't go so hard to try to destroy religion and i want to talk about something else in regards to that i'm just reminded of until we have a replacement yep you can't say hey you shouldn't live in that home you should live out here in the rain with me (laughs) you should offer them a bigger better house right what does that system look like for you because be i but because i myself before this leave this earth i'm going to create a new religion for people okay that's one thing i plan on doing i'm going to write a book it's going to be called the new Bible. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's just a title I made up just now. So if somebody wants to steal that, you're just going to steal something I just made up just now. And I'm going to have something greater and better later. But I think there is a, for example, ritual. Ritual is what you do when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you wash your face. That's, that's a ritual. Yep. I believe people need a ritual and people lack a ritual. Mm-hmm what what is if you were to put together a system what are some important components you would put together as a spiritual system for individuals especially the black community well i would definitely dive into metaphysics Mm. right okay help people understand world is only one dimension and because in christianity it's it seems like is this world and then there's heaven or hell okay that's that's it and i noticed that the spirit only exists outside of themselves right the holy spirit comes into your body and now you're doing this and that right so one i would get people to understand like you said you're god's be humble enough to understand that you're not the ultimate creator, but you are the ultimate creator of your, of your own life and your own environment. 
There are no limits outside of your own thinking, outside of your own mind. That's mind over flesh, right? Mm -hmm. And I would just try and get people to um, get better at giving themselves the glory. Mm. Accomplished. Yeah, right. And on a spiritual level, also, I feel like I don't know. I know a lot of Christians, but I don't know any Christians who have an altar in their house. Mm. Mm. So that lets me know you're not you're not connecting to your spirituality daily. You, your home is not your sanctuary, right? You don't have a place in your home where you can sit with yourself and your God, your whatever your you can have whatever understanding of God you want. We're not all going to envision God the same. But first, when you sit down and meditate, you have to start envisioning yourself connected to God in the first place and not God as some outside being that's so far beyond your own comprehension. Right? People are not even even meditation, right? People think that meditation is just about silencing your mind and being at peace. That's not, that's not always true, right? For a long time, I actually I actually meditated to the most chaotic music ever. Interesting. I, I would sit there and listen to these instrumental albums that was just madness. And I would just sit there and just be at peace, right? And when I found myself in chaotic situations in the real world, I was able to be at peace. Not have a whole bunch of anxiety, not because I'm not trying to run away from the chaos and the noise and that because it exists whether we wanted to or not. So it's really just about getting people to really understand that God is literally within you. Your intuition is God. Mm. Your ideas is an energy force that comes from some cosmic dimension that we don't have. Some of us have more access than others because we are more spiritually grounded than others, right? right. I'm a musician, a lot of people, and that's so crazy because my whole point in getting my Twitter followers up to begin with was because I'm an artist. Same, right? that was my initial thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? But like, I have two instances <clears throat> where like, more than that, but like that song uh, by Trinidad James, uh, gold all on my neck, gold on my right? Yeah, yeah. I sent my homeboy a song I had wrote just a few weeks prior, and it went like, gold on deck, gold on deck, got gold in my mouth, gold on my neck, got gold on my wrist, right? Mm -hmm. My homeboy was like, yo, this nigga stole your song, yo. What the <laughs> Who you sent this to? Well, we got to call it. I'm like, yo, relax, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody heard that song but you and some other people. But what happens is 
spiritually, we're tapped into the same channel. And while I was writing that, I, it's like it's like when you're a musician, you can sit with yourself, and it's like you gotta imagine yourself going into this dimension where you're just picking out ideas mm. because they exist in a spiritual realm. Right. You can think of, I can think of some shit I never thought about ever in my life and Google it and it'd be true. Right. Happened to me. How the, how the fuck I know that? Right. Because there's a spiritual dimension there with information. And if you tap into it based off of your spiritual alignment, you can come up with some great shit. And sometimes artists be tapped into the same meditative channel. And sometimes one artist just gets it out quicker. Because then I had another one where I had put out the album like a month before and I went to these guys show and I have a song where it was like, um, why are you playing with my mind? Why are you playing with my mind? Right. And one of my favorite groups debuted their album that just came out and one of the songs was i'm not playing with your mind i know that you are fine i'm not playing what the fuck they responded to you right mm. but it just goes to show you that we're connected in a spiritual way and we're on the same creative channel and we're just pulling these ideas from these realms and we're presenting it to the world. It's not about stealing. It's not about this or that. It's about being aligned and being in tune with a world that so many people are cut off from. You like we can't even imagine how many people just sit and think and there's no thoughts. Mm. Mm. People be so um impressed by the most simple things that I say. Yeah. And it's like, you never, you never just, you know, think of that type of stuff. Right. No. One time I, one time I was telling someone um, how to get somewhere in New York. I'm like, all right, so we right here right now. So, you know, if you go to Broadway, you make a left, you get to that Walgreens and you make a right down there, it's going to be all the way down there. She's like, wow. Like I never really thought, like you're so great with like directions and like seeing where you are. Like, I'm like, you never, you can't just see yourself from the bird's eye view. I always see myself. I see myself in this room right now. Mm. <laughs> Talk your shit. I have, I have an awareness. I'm, I'm here and I'm present, but it's like, I'm sitting in the corner over there watching myself in this chair. And that's how you got to kind of navigate this world. Because if you're just standing in the middle of the stampede, you don't know that there's literally an exit right there that you can get out of this stampede. Clip but if, that. You just, if you just take a step out and back, your intuition will be like, let me go over here. Because it might be a fucking exit over there. Mm. But so many people is even disconnected from their intuition. Yeah or they go against the intuition. Mm -hmm. And then later they'd be like, damn, something told me. Yeah, your intuition, that was God telling you the answer, but you so stuck in logic 
You need a reason for everything. Some things are unexplainable. Mm. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes when people are like talking about things, I could tell I could tell someone's lying by the way that they try and make everything make sense. Mm. 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 Things don't always gotta make sense. Sometimes you don't make sense. You'd be like, then this person came out of nowhere. That's the thing, that's the thing that's telling the truth. Right. Because they don't even know what's going on. They're just like, this happened. The person that's trying to create the story is like, well, I was over here and you know, honestly, I wasn't paying attention, but this you're trying to make too much sense right now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot the initial question, but yeah. <laughs> oh man, I mean, you was just dropping bars. Shout out Tisa. Check out uh, John Marco Allegro's book, The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. It shows the roots of Christianity and psychedelic mushroom. You sound like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan gets that <laughs> shit. Hey, shout out to that. shout out to um to you know psychedelics and all that LSD shrooms. I'm with it. Are you? I think I think unconscious people need that. Mm. Like. Cause it opens their mind up to a level that they otherwise wouldn't have opened themselves up to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As a conscious person, I'll say this. I th- and I say this all the time. Like the first time I did LSD, I was going through a breakup. I was very heartbroken and, um, I did LSD and I forgave them mm. because I realized I didn't really care. My ego cared. I love this person. We're still friends. We have an understanding, but I was holding on to so much grief from my ego. Right. That's why they had to, that's why they had to say that LSD makes you evil back in the seventies. Cause too many white people was doing LSD getting too much compassion. Mm. They were saying, we don't want the war. Right. We need to be together. We need unity. We need to. So they had to be like, yo, we need to get these people the fuck off LSD. What's the dude um, who went, who uh, supposedly organized the crime that killed all those people, those Hollywood people and went oh. to jail? Oh, not Marilyn Manson. Charles Manson. Charles Manson. Charles, I said Marilyn Manson. Charles Manson. Yes. Right. Now, I'm not going to say he did it or not. I don't know. Right. But that situation helped the media um, put a bad rep on LSD because at that time, a lot of hippie, the hippie movement was going on and people was on LSD and people had compassion and love. Mm. Pieces of their mind they had never tapped into without. Yeah. But if we start abusing it and using it as a drug, and not a tool, then we're just gonna see psychosis, you know, like, you know, whatever. But all those things open you up, open up your brain to pe- to parts, like, I swear, after I did LSD for the first time, I swear I could zoom in with my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 huh? Go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I wasn't saying nothing. Oh. I I spoken to people who've done like ayahuasca, DMT, and LSD, and they have conversations with me, and they say, "Hotep, you need to do it. You need to do it." And I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
No, you need that shit. I don't need that shit. I'm already I tapped the fuck in. And to be honest, the reason why I don't do it is I'm afraid, right? Okay. I ain't even gonna hold, I ain't even gonna lie and say it's, I have a logical reason. I don't, I'm scared. And what I'm scared of is myself, okay? I know okay. that you go within when you do these things, right? And mm -hmm. the way my mind works is so out there that I think that I won't come back. <laughs> I think that after I do them drugs, I will go so far out that I will just check out of this world. And the entity that you know is me won't be here anymore. That's what I'm afraid of. Maybe. Right. Maybe. I see, I see what you're saying. Um, and you're right. You don't need it. Mm. If you do it, it would be for pleasure. Right. Right. It would, you would, I would say do it at a fest or at, at a concert. Okay. Where you can, where that bass pumping makes your body feel something else. And you're hearing every single syllable that the artist is hearing. You know, yeah. it'll be an experience based off your environment. But I agree, not everybody needs to do it. Mm. And not everybody needs such high doses because some people microdose for basic hormone balancing so they'll have a little serotonin. Mm. So they could be a little happier or, or see the good in day-to-day -day shit. Right? Mm. I'll be driving, looking at the sky amazed every day. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. I'll be looking out the window like, wow. That's so amazing. But there's people who never do that. Right. And it takes them microdosing a little bit to even notice, wow, the sky is nice. Mm. Wow, I feel, I feel peaceful in this grass. Mm. Well, I actually do like drinking water. You know? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a tool. It's a tool. Not everybody needs it. Th that is meditation. Like what you describe right there is meditation. When people say meditation, I tell them meditation is no thought. People say to me, well, have you ever experienced no thought? And I say all the time. And they say, it's impossible. You always think. And I'm like, no, that's not true. When you eat, do you think? Or are you just so into the taste? The moment that first piece of food hits your mouth, there <laughs> is no thought. There's experience happening. That taste mm -hmm. has overridden thought. People don't understand mm -hmm. that. You can't think and eat at the same time. You can only think, huh? Go ahead. You don't understand that because they're so consumed with everything. People don't even not do anything while they eat it anymore. Mm. They gotta watch TV. They gotta be on their phone. Some people eating while they moving, while they driving. People don't just have that moment of self to be able to sit with self and enjoy not having any thoughts, just feeling, you know, that it, it really scares a lot of people to, to think that you can disconnect so far because they're so connected. I spoke to somebody once who told me when I told them, like, you know, I'll just sit to myself. They said, that sounds scary. <laughs> and I looked at him like, wow. really? I couldn't. Normally, what I can do is I can project into someone and feel what they feel or, or see how see things from their perspective. But when that person said that, I'm like, the fuck are you at? <laughs> right. <laughs> that you can't sit by yourself. 
Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why, you know, the pandemic got people so chaotic because it forced people to have to be present and sit with themselves. Mm. And they never did that. Mm. I know people who leave the house every day. And that's crazy to me. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> that's crazy to me too. People get dressed up, look good every day. This is how I am every day. I just got a hoodie, chilling, <laughs> typing, email, recording, grandparents, right? But yeah, people really had to sit with themselves and they didn't know what to do with that. So they're willing to take a vacation. <laughs> they're willing to watch the Ninja Turtles. Really? Anything to not have to sit with themselves and just even understand shit. Even like, even because even when people are by themselves, they're on Twitter. They on TikTok for hours. You're not giving yourself, you, and you're not giving your spirit any time just to exist and be. Mm. And that could be detrimental to your health, your mentality, and your spirituality, especially. Especially when you're sitting on Twitter arguing with people every day. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine. I ain't did that in so many years. Yeah. I Back on a one funny RT, but that's as much as you get in from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much energy. I, I tell the tell hoteps all the time. Rule number one, we don't argue with people online. Just go but ahead and people, skip over that experience. You know how sometimes you gotta allow people to have their own experience. No, I'm just we gonna just skip that experience. You don't need it. There's nothing to learn there. <laughs> yeah. But but you say, um, who, like, who did you give your energy to today or something like that? Who or what did you give your energy to today that did not deserve it? You grant people access to your energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, you know, my, you know, one thing I always say to people, I say, we treat strangers better than we treat our family. You go to work oh, and you're, you're polite to this person, da-da-da, and you come home and you talk to your family like shit. Yo. Literally, I used to tell, I used to tell people, I can tell when two people are in a relationship based off how they treat each other and it's always negatively, mm. right? A person, if your friend annoys you, because people don't even treat their friend as bad, right? right? If your friend annoy you, you might be like, girl, like, relax. You know, or just be like, you're crazy. Or you won't say nothing. Right. You just be passive about it. Right. But... If your partner does something, you're willing to be like, what the fuck? Are you are you dumb? Like, yo. Or just like, yo, you mad annoying. Or, uh, uh, uh. That's crazy to me because that's not how I treat my partner, right? Mm. <laughs> your partner is supposed to, your partner, your children, your family should always get the most gentle aspect of you. Mm. Your partner <laughs> or your family should al always get the most gentle version of you. I love that. Yeah, like especially children, right? It's really wild. Like people on the street, the only, the only people on the street I even care about is homeless people. Mm. I don't make eye contact. I don't interact with people that much. I'm just dead. I see homeless people. I try and give them some humanity, at least eye contact, a head nod, a dollar, whatever. Otherwise, you should not be reserving your kindness and niceness for strangers on the street. 
I was I was out to dinner one time with somebody in Miami and um I was their guest. And um a homeless person walked up and was behind me and I forget what they said, but they were calling to my attention and asking for some money. Mm-hmm. And the person I was with started cussing them out, like, get out of here, da 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 da. Meanwhile, I'm reaching in my pocket to hand do some money. You know what I mean? So I'm, I handed do the money. I'm like, yo, it's all good. And I'm like, yo, relax. It's cool. Like, be all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know when a homeless person is harassing and when they like just asking for some money. And sometimes asking for money could be harassment. But me, I'm like, I don't need this $5. It'll come back to me some way, somehow. But he looked like he need this $5. So I'm going to give him the five, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I never understood poor treatment of homeless people. You know what's crazy? A few uh, months ago, I was out in um, San Francisco. I don't go out there that often. Oh, man. There's a lot of homeless people out there. Yes, it is. And um, unfortunately, I was throwing up in the street because mm. I had... Too much you know, alcohol. I had yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't think I had too much alcohol. I had two beers, which was cool socially, but I went to this, all right, I went to this event and the event was in a church and there was like this thing going on and really it was like a ritual kind of thing. And they had communion mm. and they gave me a shot of red wine. Okay. And I don't really, I don't really drink alcohol in general, but I really don't drink red wine like that. So I feel like that red wine upset Maybe your stomach upset my stomach and mm. everything but then i was just like damn i took communion and do my do up all my sins type <laughs> shit. you went through a ritual <laughs> yeah very embarrassing but um when i was throwing up the only person that came to my help was a homeless person offering me a coke mm. <laughs> like everybody else just walking right past ignoring whatever whatever and I know that for a fact, the people who have the least are always seem to be willing to help the most. And you can see that on all levels. <laughs> yeah. Even people living in poverty, they get bread, they're gonna break it with their family. They're not gonna go eat it by themselves and come home acting like nothing would happen. You know what I mean? But let a billionaire make a billy. He ain't trying to split that. Mm, right, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's mad, but that just goes back to basic humanity. You know, not being so consumed by greed, not being so consumed by your own ego that you're willing to help anybody at any moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we're gonna have to do a part two. I hate that we have to end this discussion, <laughs> but um, Word, I have one more question right. for you. Okay. It's a hypothetical situation again. Okay. Um. The Hoteps taking complete control of the black community. I wave my magic wand and we're in charge. And I say, our queen, our new dictator is Tory Nix. <laughs> what is the first executive order that you issue? What is the first action you take to bring the community, the black community, I don't even know what it needs. You you know, by the way you answer this, you kind of tell me what the black community needs, right? So I just say, Queen, it's your world. We listening to you. What do we do? 
do is I will open up the reserves and I would distribute the gold. What reserves? Wherever the fuck the gold is at. Okay. You're saying the United States gold. Okay. Yeah. You would right. give everybody gold. I would give everybody um, a certain amount of gold or wealth to build upon. But not not cash money. Okay. Like metals and things. Okay. I could put it in y'all safe. Y'all can trade it. Y'all can do whatever. But the black community, especially, we need a proper foundation to build anything on. Mm. And if you give people cash, you know they'll just spend it in whatever, whatever. Hypothetically, you right. know we saw the details get, you know. Right. But I feel like if we actually give people something that's tangible like gold that they can trade for a big sum of cash or money or whatever land whatever mm. i feel like people will be more responsible mm. because they have a real understanding of the value of gold and metals mm. right mm -hmm. cash we don't even really value cash anymore. Right. We don't we, we don't value this monetary mm -hmm. If you tell someone, yeah, give me this much gold for land, mm -hmm. more people would choose the land than not, I feel. Mm -hmm. And then they got gold to build. You know, I'm just thinking like that. Like I would redistribute the wealth, but redistribute the gold. Because mm -hmm. you know, dollar. The dollar used to be backed by yeah. metal and that, right. and now it's so they got it somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? I took that. So, yeah. so you know, I'd have to remove you as leader. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, y'all made a mistake. <laughs> this is not our leader." <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let me tell you why, right? Because yeah, me, I'm somebody who know. studies way too much economics. And okay, all I hear go. is, all I see is just inflation coming and prices of goods going way up, right? Okay, <laughs> well, yeah. You well, right? I think okay. you were closer to it if you said I give people a piece of land. Okay. Now, here's here's what I would do, right? I would put a stipulation on that. I would say I would give gold or some resource, right? Some monetary right. resource, something that is wealth. I would give it to those who start a business. So I would fund business. I wouldn't give it to everyone. Yeah, I feel you. How do you, you would you would you agree with that? Like I would say, yeah, and and also I would, me, me when I say dictator, it would be like no barbershops and no hair salons, <laughs> no <laughs> no clothing boutiques. We don't need another clothing boutique. You have to do something mm -hmm. different, and I will bestow upon you. I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars in loans, uh, not loans, but I would invest in your business. But it has to be different. Right. Yeah. As queen, I would um, hear your counsel and I would agree and allow you that courtesy. But hey. no, absolutely, right? My my ultimate goal would just be to distribute some type of wealth so that people have something to build upon, no matter what that looks like. Yeah, We have 
so many ideas and we have so much potential in our community that just dies because people don't have the foundation that they need to really build it. Right. Even when you don't have, if you don't even have access to imagining, right? Because you're so consumed by day-to-day survival. I feel like people, uh, like, especially immigrants, I'm sorry. (laughs) Right? Okay. Especially immigrants. They have this idea of what America is, and they come here, and they work, and they are successful. Mm And they try and down talk people who's been here for generations and act like we don't got the secrets to do what they did, right? Right. But our situation is totally different. That's why you came from where the fuck you was at and went somewhere else because you understand there's a difference, right? So when you come from generations and generations of, um, you know, poverty, it's hard to even imagine creating that business that you want to create, even if it's a great idea. Mm. Because not only do you not have the resources, maybe just in your initial line of thinking, obviously anybody can do anything once they put their mind over their flesh, because mm. poverty deals with the flesh. Mm. <clears throat> once you put yourself in a position to grow, Right. Sorry, let me. I um got, got kind of sidetracked. You got three different thoughts that hit your head at the same time. Right, and, I, and then I was like poverty. Um, shit. What was I saying? It happens to me all the time. I be on stream trying to make my point, and I'm like, what was I gonna say? Um. How many times it happened to me, y'all? <laughs> yeah. The bottom line is like. You were talking you gotta- about um. You gotta put people in a position to even be able to imagine what they're capable of, right? A lot of people in tech, I feel, I don't hear too, and I know a lot of people in tech um, who like um, start businesses and do this and that. Especially in tech, I don't hear a lot of, I came from poverty conversations. They talk about how they raised all this seed money, they raised a 30 million and this and that, but you also grew up in an environment that encouraged that. Right. 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 I thought of over flesh when I was visiting California, when I was living in New York and I was witnessing things around me that made me think like, y'all need to put y'all mind over y'all flesh. Mm. I don't believe that if I was in New York, I would have came up with that. Mm. I would have been something else right but my environment influenced that thought and that's how that manifested so I'm just saying like when you have a found so even immigrants right they come here and they already have a foundation their parents are instilling things into them they're getting support in these ways they have a different type of thinking they're not held back by a system that's been holding them back for generations so that so they can obtain a different type of um, knowledge and wealth and all these things. Yes, it's so it's so easy to say. Well, Black Americans they have the same, you know, this or that. Their mental state has been imprisoned. This is the fourth generation in poverty. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's 
generations of trauma. Okay, my homeboy wrote an um, article like in maybe 2012. I never forgot it because he brought to my attention because I was raised in privilege in California. You're 16, you get your license, get a car. Even though we not balling, there's certain things that was just normal to me. Graduating yes. high school was just normal. Playing sports and traveling often, get on the airplane was just normal. Right. Having a smartphone was normal. Mm -hmm. But he wrote this article about how in Baltimore, when he goes back to his neighborhood, most people don't have internet mm. or smartphones. Mm. So talking about news that happened three weeks ago. Right. <laughs> how is a person supposed to know about cryptocurrency? <laughs> but you telling me that the problem that to solve all our problems is investing? Mm. And anybody that's not investing is this and that, and you're just, you're in America and this. Do you know that my granny, my great grandma was a slave? Mm. You, do you know that my great grandfather who's still alive to this day was chased through the woods by rednecks? Mm. So you don't have to think about those things because you're new to America and this is the greatest place in the world or you grew up in privilege and you never even thought about that shit. Yeah. Do you know what it's like to have children be taught about slavery since they were in elementary school and identifying with that? In every movie that they watch, the black person is the bad guy See, white, people, white kids get to see themselves as the hero since they were a child. So that, that influences their thinking. They view themselves as a hero. And now that we want to tell the other slide of slavery, now we got to take it out to school. See? <laughs> white people have the pleasure of not even having to think about slavery. Because a lot of white people didn't, their ancestors wasn't the slave owner. Like a lot of immigrants, a lot of white immigrants came to America and they're not to be blamed for that. But if you got a great grandfather who was at the hanging in Alabama in 1920, they never have to think about that. They never have to think about the fact that your ancestors may have been racist, but I have to think about the fact that my ancestors were slave based off, it's always being taught to me. So no, these children are not thinking about starting a tech business at 13 years old because they're thinking about the fact that they live in a city that and they're being neglected and they don't even have smartphones or the internet to even access Wikipedia to learn some shit. Facts. And I think that just people choosing to ignore those subtle things that exist. I don't want to hear your argument. Right. Because <laughs> you're ignorant. 
Right. It's not as easy. If, if it was easy just to get your mind right, don't you think everybody's mind would be right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> People don't even read books. Right. Like how many... How many books people read last year? Mm. Mm. I heard somebody say, I heard somebody say on TikTok that um, they was somewhere because they're in a book club and they were saying like, I want to, I want to get, I, I want to read more books this year. Only read 150 last year. And everybody was like, you read what? I didn't even read one book. Right. And obviously, 150 is a lot of books. That's a lot of books. Right? But these are also the type of people who probably been reading every day since they were a child because they had an environment that encouraged it. Right? Where there's many environments where the television is on 24-7. And they, they barely even got books at the school. Right. We, don't, we can't even talk about that. We can right. talk about home because some of these schools ain't even got books for the kids to read for real. Right. I went into an elementary because I was working for this little company that was recruiting kids to join a um, summer camp to learn um, AI and learn how to build tech and whatnot. And I was going to different public schools and I walked into this one library and the book, like it was mad bare in there. Compared to when I was growing up, what the library looked like. Right. There was all shelves with just small little sections and gaps in between and all. And I'm just like, wow. Mm. Mm. You know? I, I was you I, I totally get where you come from. I was in a um a cryptocurrency conversation. Um a private cryptocurrency conversation. It was broadcasted, but it was I think it was on Discord or something like that or some private network. You know how those guys do. But anyway, they were talking to me. They're like, yo, why can't the black community invest in cryptocurrency and this, that, and the third? And I'm like, it's called proximity to things, right? First of all, you don't know what you don't know, right? Because they're saying, oh, well, you got Google. And I'm like, you have to know what to type into Google to even start the search, right? Secondly, you got something called SEO. So if you said, hey, how to become rich, you doesn't mean you're going to get the best sources. You might get some Forbes bullshit. You might get some mm -hmm. random person with a blog and you might not get the thing that's specially designed for your skill set or your passions, right? Because there's mm -hmm. a million things you could do to get rich. You might be able to do Amazon FBA. I know people that do Amazon FBA and they do really well. I have no desire to do to fucking flip toys on the Internet. I don't care about that. Exactly. But fuck exactly. that shit. You know what I mean? If that's what makes mm -hmm. you happy, cool. To me, I think you're an idiot when you do that because, well, you're not creating anything. You're just past, you're just a middleman, right? So I don't yeah. find it as a challenge. I like challenging things. But the fact that they think that black people can just magically up and just buy Bitcoin, I'm like, do they even know it exists? Right. You have to have a certain, pro for example, and that's the example I gave them. Said you got somebody who lives out in a rural area and they're surrounded by cows and whatnot. And you got another individual who's in New York City. Who do you think the information is going to get to faster? <laughs> Obviously, mm -hmm. well, the internet. I'm like, oh my fucking God. You, the internet, you still need somebody to inspire your experience with the internet. When you're in New York City and you're in these certain circles, 
and you start talking about certain subject matter, you would need somebody to inspire that. You would need a circle of people to inspire you on what part of the internet you go to. Mm -hmm. Somebody would have to be that spark. Because also um, intellect or intelligence is simply the ability to obtain and apply knowledge and information. Right. Right. If the person is not even getting the information, how can they apply? And I hate, and I hate having to explain such simple things because then it seems like we're trying sense. to, and we're trying to say be the victim. And the, no, some things are just facts and truth. And until you understand that truth, you can't even create a solution. Right. Because you're asking me. Now, disclaimer, I don't really believe in saying dumb questions or whatever, or whatever. Right. But that is a dumb question because if you're so intelligent, you should be able to understand such simple things like proximity to information. Right. The fact that you're wasting my time asking me why the black community can't do this, but an immigrant can, you have no understanding of how these systems are in play. And that's on you. Mm. But that ego got people thinking they smarter than they are. Mm. Like and that's say, why. I, oh, go ahead. Now, like people say to me, well, you did it. You're black. Like, nigga, I had my parents had more money than the white people in our neighborhood. What are you talking about? Exactly. When I got jumped and robbed, who replaced my laptop? My parents did. I didn't have no money. You know, mm -hmm. I'd be right now if I wasn't for my parents, I'd be a drug dealer. A damn good one but i'd probably be dead or in jail promise you that promise mm -hmm. you that my right. parents bailed me out of trouble every single time it happened yeah some people don't because, have that safety net because you see that we are intelligent because when it comes to like drug dealing for example we good at math we good at marketing <laughs> good at exporting <laughs> But unfortunately, this is the only resource that we have, which is the drug. And that's by design as well. Right. right? So don't try and act like people are doing this because they want to. They're doing it because they have to. Right. Right. Even me personally, I, I got the opportunity to go to a better high school. Right. My, my middle school was an environment that was not conducive to my personality. Mm. I, had to be, I had to be on edge. You know, I'm trying to fit in with this chaotic environment. So I couldn't even be myself. And then when I was able to go to a non-threatening environment in high school, I was actually able to become more aware of my interests and become more aware of the things I was good at. Right, my high. I learned Photoshop. I learned videography. I took art classes in high school, and I still use all those tools today. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I figured I was. I figured out I was good at Photoshop within a week of taking the class, mm. and I still use Photoshop. Mm. Now, if I was in a different environment, I might not even been introduced to Photoshop because they probably didn't even have enough computers. Right. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. 
half these high schools, you're not even doing real lab study in mm -hmm. biology. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And in my senior year, I took a poetry semester of English instead of a regular semester of English. Whereas my friends at other schools is like, oh shit, all we do in English is just talk and read sometimes and turn in homework, right? right. Here I am. <laughs> that year I was, um, I remember uh, Lupe Fiasco was really popular. Mm -hmm. And um, in the poetry class, I like read out his lyrics to a song called Put You On Game. Okay. Right, and everybody should listen to that song because it is talking about a lot of what we're talking about right now, mm. right? But up until that point, there was people in my class telling me, you know, I never really realized how deep rap was. <laughs> right? Because unfortunately, their only exposure to it is the most ignorant aspects of it. But if we being real, Shakespeare will be gagging at some of these rap songs. Like, yo, yeah. that's shit. Right. I remember one time I tried to, um, and it's way off topic, but one time I tried to um, write my best friend a song to record in the studio, because she was just there and was like, I want to rap, so, you know, whatever. So we wrote very simple bars, but it was challenging for her to actually recite them on rhythm in a nice way, in a good way. And I feel like people just think this shit is easy. Yeah. Until they gotta it's, do it. It's yeah. not easy. It takes mindfulness. It takes intellect. It takes rhythm. It takes the ability to be animated with your voice. It takes imagination. It takes creativity. You gotta be a wordsmith. Half y'all not seeing me with a pen. Mm. You know how smart you think you are. <laughs> Right? Can you create something out of nowhere? Or or is all your references based off of information you read in the book? Mm. People don't even respect artists. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. That's a <laughs> that's um a whole nother aspect of ourselves that must be expressed. Mm-hmm. And not for nothing, they they start suppressing that young, right? You want to be an artist as a kid? No, that doesn't make money. Kids should just be painting and drawing, right? When a kid come to me and say some shit I know ain't true, it's called imagination. <laughs> yeah. Right? But what, what adults like to do? Stop lying. Mm. How you going to tell a three-year-old to stop lying? You know there ain't no damn dinosaur in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. But we can be imaginative. They kill our creativity and our imagination so young. Yeah. And by kindergarten, that shit is way out the window. Uh. It's just shapes and letters. Uh. <laughs> LP said this might be top five HJ conversation. Y'all say that every time I bring somebody on here. I'm selective. <laughs> You're getting better and better with time, brother. That's all. No, it's not me. It's you know what it is? I know great people when I see them. Absolutely. I don't pick see some people. They pick people to come on their channel who got big followings and to be a thousand people. Is you know you realize I could go down the line of all the blue checks I follow and I could make this channel pop. I don't. 
I don't want to do this for popularity. I want to bring great conversations from great people, which brings me to my next point. This dude in the chat, he said, she's better at this than you, Hotep Jesus. Tori <laughs> is very deep and mystical even. <laughs> you know what people don't understand about me is? My advisors are all women. I would say all, I got, I got a lot of male mentors and whatnot, but I had a masculinity conference last year that I was supposed to be speaking at. And 90% of what I said on that stage came from a conversation with a woman. I was just taking notes and I keep speaking, <laughs> keep speaking. And I used her rhetoric in my speech. She was like, yo, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What, and this goes back to what I said. Women are the superior thing. And I think, you know, what's your superpower? What's that? You're a lesbian. <laughs> you know why? Because the patriarchy wasn't able to um, cut the corners off your circle. You see, that's what they do to women. Mm -hmm. The patriarchy or society or whatever we're blaming this thing on right destroys women mm -hmm. women think they're great when they you know my biggest problem with women is they're caught up in the physical world like you said you come out you just dress you got the hoodie on so once you get past the physical realm you're able to rise above and go to the next level of being right mm -hmm. and that's why you are so great because you don't have to worry about do i got lipstick on and my nails right is this right is that so your brain is able to be occupied by more important things. A woman mm -hmm. got to worry about all the earthly shit 90% of her day. When, when does she have time to think about something other than that? Right. And then going into the gender roles, being occupied nonstop with taking care of the home and the kids and this and that, which I believe that women, you know, that that's a part of our job as on earth, but not to be overconsumed by it. Right. And another and another problem with women, I will say, see, not for nothing, I identify as a woman. My pronouns are she. <laughs> it. I don't really want to be called they. Um, I understand that's just someone's some people's language. So I'm not against it. But we know that too much of anything creates um, dysfunction. And so when you have hyper feminine women mm. and not women who are balanced in their nature of masculine and feminine, also hyper masculinity is, is a problem. Masculinity itself is not a problem. Hyper masculinity is a problem because you have some hyper masculine lesbians, mm. right? Who try to, assert themselves and play the role in a toxic manner. Mm. And then you have the hyper feminine who just are just so like consumed by the feminine energy that you can't even have a real conversation with them. They're just in la la land. Yeah. Yes. Nothing going <laughs> on upstairs. <laughs> right. And so sometimes the only time I feel non-binary is when I don't relate to women mm. based off of their hyper femininity. 
Otherwise, I'm 100% woman. I know that. But every now and then, I just be like, oh, women are fucking crazy. <laughs> right? And I'm taking myself out of that. Yeah. Right? But I know. I know better than that. I know we the collective and all that. But right. anything. Hyper-femininity, hyper-masculinity. But hyper-femininity, I feel, can be very destructive in a way that's not being talked about. Especially with us, you know, raising kids by ourselves and using our power for evil, you know, and the system uh, encourages it. And it got us the whole, the whole um, family unit fucked up, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I'm still optimistic. I feel like we were 100 People like to say 150. I say about 120 years out of slavery for real. Yeah. I started 1800. I don't. 1800 was still bullshit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Um. I think for 120 years, we doing okay. Okay. We cannot allow ourselves to start falling from here. We know that like. You know, our parents and our grandparents, they had more wealth in certain ways because they had farming and they was able to purchase homes and this and that. And like, we're kind of getting stuck into the system. But I feel that we have more information and we have more consciousness um, to tap into than our parents. And I'm optimistic that we could do that, especially with people like you and me. Mm. Right. Mm. We're using our platforms to spread information that people actively utilize. People tell me all the time that I said things and do things that help them think a certain way, do something different, make more money, shift their mentality. Right. There was a time like 10 years ago, I was hoarding information. Why well, shouldn't tweet that? I can't, I can't let this secret out. Like, that's madness. Yeah. You know some shit, you need to share it, whether you want to put it in a book and sell it or tweet it, whatever the case is. If we want to advance, we have to share this information because they do such a great job hiding it. That's why you can't even buy some books. Mm. That's why books is in the Vatican. That's why some books is $500. Mm. I got I got a book right now that goes for five hundred dollars on on Amazon. You can't get about black people being the natives. <laughs> they hate that. Oh, oh they, they hate. hate. There's they whole hate like there's a whole Reddit thread dedicated to me and Joe Rogan and what I said about black people being natives. Oh, they hate it <laughs> because they have they want they identify with the slave trade. Because mm. some people, some Americans don't even think about a time before slavery. Right. Right. And they absolutely could. And they, and they don't know how certain laws, like how in New York, for example, <sighs> this just came to me out of nowhere, but in New York, um, I think a, I think up to five people um, is considered a gang. Okay. If you're like, you're like walking in a group, I can't say the exact number. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
um, if you're walking in a group of people that's considered a gang by law. Now, obviously, they don't fuck with everybody, but they can enforce that. Mm. And that law was actually established by the fact that they didn't allow slaves to be in groups because then they would start talking about plans and start making plans to over to you know uprise and, and do what they had to do. Right. Right. Yeah. And we are, and a lot of people are just sitting here so passively, not knowing history, not having a, a um, sense of self. And they just think shit is normal. And they're just going to vote every four years and hope for change. <laughs> hope. Hope. Hope is, hope is not real. Hope mm. is a belief system. Right? Mm. We hope. Hope is, like, pl- hope, hope is plans without energy. A, a dream without work. Exactly. It's an idea. Mm-hmm. So learning history, you have, I, I do believe you have to learn history to um, know where you're going in the future. You have to know where you came from to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And that don't mean that you have to identify with it to a point where you're victimizing yourself and this and that, but you have to know the basics of shit. And unfortunately, I feel that white people need to do a better job at learning their history. Absolutely. And not just the fantasy version that puts them at the top of the food chain and all of this. I teach them their history every week. Okay. I teach white history. <laughs> I need to tune in just for the facts. Absolutely. Yeah, I love teaching white people white history because they don't know their history and black people don't know their history. Um, right. You're just out here. You know what's, what kills me about black people is um, you say to them, what's up, African? I ain't African. But that same individual would say, we were stolen from Africa and brought here, right? So I say mm-hmm. to them, I say, I do this to black people and white people. I say, uh, name an African empire or kingdom. Crickets. Can't name not one. Mm-hmm. So how you going to tell me about my history and where I came from and, 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 and the truth about slavery and you don't know what happened pre-slavery? You exactly. got to teach history in chron- chronological order and chronology. You starting at number five, you ain't started at zero. Exactly. Right. Because people just looking for their shit to be validated. Right. right. <laughs> Tori, um, we could go all night. This, I, I think the only person I've had a four hour interview with was Sh- Shaka Agmos. And he's very long with it. Yeah, I know that guy. I see him around YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's my home. I love what you're doing. Honestly, I really love what you're doing. Thank you. Um, people, you're you're very misunderstood in my um, realm of Twitter. Mm. Um, I'm happy to have this conversation with you, so people can have a better understanding of you mm. and see who you are when you're just dialoguing with your sister. And um, because not for nothing, like you said, you bring people on your on your platform to have an understanding of who they are and to see through their perspective. And that's exactly what I do with your content as well. Mm. Right. You introduce us to information that we otherwise would have been, um, 
would have been the information would have been hidden from from us based off of all the other narratives and all the fear and all the lies and all the shit. And so able, yeah, to be able to connect with the conservative crowd mm. and to give them a good understanding of what we represent and you show us what they really represent is very helpful, you know. And if people want to know, they will they'll, they'll seek it out. Yeah, I'm you know. Uh... Somebody connect me with one of these black wealth podcasts is really popular in the black community. They get a lot of views on YouTube and so that they checked out my content. They knew I was on Rogan. Um, and he said, yo, we want to talk to you. Da, 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 da. You know, we feel like the black community doesn't see you much. And, you know, you know, we want to connect you to the black community and he wants to dialogue with me. So he sent me that through voice chat and then my voice chat back. I think he took it the wrong way, but, um, I basically said, I said, I'm not really concerned about connecting with the black community. And I genuinely mean that. Um, and I didn't hear back from him since then. And I, I think why, it's why is that? Why is what? Why isn't why aren't you really concerned to connect with the black community? Because I am the black community. <laughs> Thanks. I, yeah, I like that. Uh, uh, why why do I have to single out? Like it's like saying like you know like. Uh, Oh, this content is for black people, right? And I don't view myself as somebody who has information for just black people. I feel like that's very short-sighted to say, yeah. hey, this content is for black people. Like, nah, like what I put out is paramount and it's for all people. And if black Where? people find it, that's fucking great. But what's funny is when, when, I, when I say I'm not worried about connecting to black people, it's because... I know I will because right. I am black. Exactly. I don't have to try to connect with the black community. I got dreadlocks. Right. <laughs> and I got black skin and I talk like a black man. Mm -hmm. Black yeah. people find me all the time and they reach out all the time. Yep. So I don't have to try to do that. It just happens. Thanks. Yeah, you know I'm saying. So that's why I say I don't I'm not mm -hmm. concerned with connecting with the black community by being black. It will happen. And I just wanted you to um, express that. Right. So that the people who are watching for me. Right. They can understand that. Right. Right. Because when you just say I'm not concerned with building with the black people, whatever, whatever, they'll take their own ideas. And say, well, he said he don't really care about black people. No, like we're black. We don't have to try. Yeah, I ain't gotta try. I don't have to do. We that. just have to be, <laughs> you know, and we have to offer the different perspectives of the black community. I say we're not a monolith, but y'all treat us like it every day. Yeah. Because someone has a different perspective, or they come at you know whatever, whatever y'all wanna y'all wanna tear it down. But no, like just <sighs> I don't I don't believe in ego death. I don't believe in killing the ego. Yeah. Control. You have to control your ego Harness. you have to, you have to be the master of your ego and not allow your ego to be the master of you yeah right so just see people as people humanize yourself see this is a person who has an opinion you can listen to it and in the end you can make your own conclusion but nobody can listen to you and say that you ain't teaching no facts right yeah I love a good conspiracy, 
But more than that, I love the facts. Right. Right. I try and stay right there. <laughs> right. You know, and, and, ain't no ain't no made up shit going on right here. You can look around and see all this happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Um. I'm surrounded by black people. We got Cannon Hotep, Uncle Hotep, dude, dudes. Surrounded by black people. I can't I can't avoid black people. I wouldn't want to, but I can't do it. I just know that like even like when I when I was Ali Shakur, I was <laughs> black nationalist, basically. I love those right? tweets. <laughs> oh man, I used to go so hard. Word. But what I found was my biggest enemy was my people. When I was like that. And it, it, it turned me off. I said, I can't help my people by targeting my people. I can only help my people by leaving my people. And I helped more of my people when I went to the white side of Twitter than I did when I was on the black side of Twitter. Because when I was helping my people on the black side of Twitter, I was attacked daily. Yes. A daily. And mm-hmm. I said, all right, this ain't the route. They're not ready for this information. So what I'll do is I'll stop targeting people based upon their skin color and I'll mm-hmm. target people based upon where they are mentally. And if you are black, Asian, white or whatever, you will gravitate towards me because your mind is ready for this type of information. Absolutely. And that's where I'm and, at with it. And that's the and that's the whole and that's the whole purpose of Hotep Nation too. Yes. The way that black people chose to demonize hotep hoteptism yeah. yeah that's right? how it was born you had to reclaim it right i i saw that happening in real time too you did you saw you saw it be, be born mm-hmm. but also i saw the the um how they was like you know criticizing hotep hotep people yeah right because Oh man, there's a whole, obviously you're huge on YouTube. I stay more so on Twitter and this and that, but the black conscious community on Twitter, I mean on YouTube, excuse me, I can understand why certain type of black people, mostly the people that consider themselves scholars or intellectuals, I can understand why they may reject some of the things that's happening in the black community. Absolutely. Because like I mentioned earlier, people are coming out of Christianity and bringing those same antics to African spirituality and they're being led by their ego. Mm. Right? Mm. So the thing they want to... The internet shows how people are more concerned with appearing like they have knowledge yeah versus applying knowledge and actually building up themselves because that was another reason why i didn't feel like i had a place to tweet a lot of the things that i knew because i was still learning yeah right yeah as soon as a person gets some information they want to make a thread like they the master of that information right and I understand when if you want to um, tell someone about you know being plant based or something you can't go in criticizing and dehumanizing them and calling them on the you have to go in gentle 
and educate them on more options. Yeah. Because these people are going to reject you. So while I do understand where the rejection was stemming from, it's still sad to see my people um, so eager to reject this information. Mm. It's like they're proud to be separate from this information. Yeah. 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 But we're not a monolith, and all of our blackness is measured differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some people find, you know, they're, they're assimilating to the point where rejecting the information gets them closer to their goal, which is to be welcomed into whatever, whatever. I'm not even going to get into yeah. all that. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I always confide in you because you get me. But um, I remember I, once upon a time I couldn't get no black media. I couldn't get on no black podcast, <laughs> no nothing. I'm like, yo, somebody talk to me. I couldn't get it. <laughs> but uh, the greatest white man on the planet, Joe, Joe Rogan, had me on and uh my life changed um mm-hmm. fox news had me on before any black <laughs> media and um for the first time i was able to have a conversation late last year on fox soul and i was like wow i'm on mm. a panel which is a black station uh, whatever mm-hmm. black programming shout out to tammy mack who's a wonderful beautiful soul lover to death we don't agree on everything but we don't have to i love her to death and i was talking amongst my people and i was like wow but I think about it and I'm like, I had to go talk to the greatest white man on the planet before my people wanted to talk to me. Sometimes you gotta lead a hood to help the yeah. hood. You absolutely, absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with accessing our resources. I mean, do live in America. Yeah. So. You know, the other thing that's funny, and it's the last thing I'm gonna say, I'm gonna let you go. Hotep Nation got white hoteps. <laughs> <laughs> now, it is something that is entertaining to me in a sense that the the allyship here. Yeah. The, right. When people learn, if you learn something that you resonate with, you can identify with it, and you taught people. You taught them. Yeah. You taught properly. You, like what's the the key things on the website um what what it means to be hotel oh yeah 10 hotel commandments yeah right like any humans if you're not caught up in your ego you can just see that oh yeah i do identify with that yeah what you know and you know it's i think it's funny that when hotep was all black and only black there was a lot of drama and bullshit and it just was wasn't going nowhere and then once we you know went by mindset i honestly hotep nation would not be where it is i would not be where it is without i i can think of two white men in particular that i would not be here i would not be here mentally without chad lemoyne we talk about proximity to information Chad Lemoyne is the one that brought me to the anarchy information. And without that, I, without him, do I know about Murray Rothbard? Do I right. know about Mises? I, 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 so, he un, so I unlocked him in many ways and he unlocked me, right? Symbiotic mm-hmm. relationship. Then our video guy. Our video guy is literally, like he just did our documentary. 
The work on that documentary was $10,000 project. Do you know how much he charged us? Take Too a much. guess. Take a guess. Five? Five? Okay. I'll, I'll give you another guess. Um, 3000 One more guess. Free? Free. <laughs> he said, I just want to see y'all win. Exactly. Where was the black man to help us build Hotep Nation in the visual video realm? Either A, he's not financially well off where he has time he can do that, and I understand that. Or the ones that are successful enough don't aren't around, or is not enough of them. Mm -hmm. But this yeah. one white man seen two black dudes on the internet having fun, talking they shit, me and Uncle Hotep and giving us six figures worth of video. I mean, he did the grifties for free. Tori, for free. A white man. Nice. So when I post a video and people say, oh my God, these niggas got white hoteps, I go, well, would the hotep nation be here without this white man? I can't be racist. Right. Yeah, even be, listen, we say that white people who are racist are small-minded. And if you're still caught up on race as a black person in a sense that you can't even appreciate white people in the ways that they're showing up, then you're just as small-minded. That shit gotta be past us. Right. <laughs> that shit gotta be way past us. Because not for nothing, we all, we all a lot of us have the same mission. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're still letting that race shit get in the in the um, middle of it, well, you just, you just gonna reincarnate right back on the same level that you left. <laughs> <laughs> no progress. No progress. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the great <laughs> Tory Nix. <laughs> I thank you for your time. One more time, we're gonna get out of here. Peace. Hope Tap and Bill love y'all. Hang on one second. Just wait for the stream to end. Yes, sir. Damn, we went four hours and 21 minutes. Oh, lovely. Jesus I love that. Christ. I think we beat the uh, Shaka Agmos record. <laughs> and my lady probably ready to cuss me out because we were supposed to watch Ozark tonight. Oh, y'all. Thank, um, thank you for lending me your time.